0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show with today's guest, Hollis Leary, founder at One Ohana Charities and founder and principal at Angus Construction. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is a podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. In this episode, we discuss Hollis's career in the Boston construction market, his rise from union carpenter into separate construction leadership roles, and then a career turn to SLS Consulting, and most recently, the founding of One Ohana Charities and Angus Construction. This one's quite a story, so buckle up. Today's show is brought to you by Central, commercial carpenters and supporters of our conversation. Enjoy the show. Hey, Hollis. Welcome to Mass Construction Show. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of mass construction
1: and all the value you guys bring to people. I think it's outstanding.
0: Yeah, it's funny. We've been talking for a couple years now about making this happen, and we are finally here. And I I think it's great that we waited because a lot of... kind of news is broken since is, you first started i've
1: always told myself save the best for last because i've canceled on you so many it, times and our schedules just didn't line up
0: yeah because it, yeah it was you were you were in florida and you're like hey i'm gonna be up in plymouth this week can we do you know and then we do it and then you're only here for a week so you end up getting pulled into some work stuff so it was really a yeah. bit of a challenge but it's nice that uh you're a little more settled.
1: I am. I am. I felt bad all that time. I thought you felt that you were going to be, you know, dead last, and clients came first, or other <laughs> other circumstances always jumped in. But you always were able to uh, adjust, and that's what that's part of the business, right? So yep. that's what we do well.
0: Yeah. Now, I think a natural place to start in this conversation. Now, there's probably going to be a lot of people, the Massachusetts folks that are listening to this. Um, and it's funny. With time, it's amazing. I was chatting with someone yesterday, the day before. They knew somebody that was from Iowa that was coming in. And I think that person obviously heard about the show through the person that was calling me that was here locally. Sure. Yeah. But they were like, hey, well, when I'm in town, like I'd love to meet up with Joe while right. we're there. And so, right, right. Uh, Just the thought of the fact that there's someone sitting in Iowa yeah. listening to this thing is kind of wild.
1: Well, Joe, I just came back from the uh, West Coast, and you know, you're know, you out there, this, so don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't this, settle just in so, the middle of the country.
0: Yeah, one person in every state, all 52. <laughs> okay. But um, And then also just make sure you keeping close to the mic, sure, too, or I'm spin sorry. the mic a little bit if you right. want to look towards me more while you're at it. All right. Um, so the Massachusetts folks, there's probably a lot of people listening that will be aware of you. Sure. Uh, just from your Suffolk days and Liberty days. But for folks that might not be aware, I think a great place to start is you had a very long run at Suffolk construction. Yeah.
1: I think um, I did. I did. I was very, very fortunate. You know, Back in the early 90s, Suffolk um, decided to get into the union. Um, they were a hard-charging merit shop company at that time, and they wanted to expand and get larger. Um, out, of, out of school, I went right into the union. I was very fortunate. Um, I come from a long family of builders as well, right? And mm. so Boston produces cops, firefighters, and, and construction, construction workers, workers. <laughs> right? So I definitely had uh, all three of those in the family. But uh, construction and, and building has always been part of my, um, my gift, right? So mm. I learned really quick and younger in, in the Boston public schools, you know, I have, uh, I come from a large family. I'm one of 11. And um, I remember early in school days is that, oh, you're the challenge one out of the family because my sisters were straight A students and I come along and I was more interested in crayons and drawing stuff and building stuff with the, you know, it started from kindergarten to, to first grade and it just went on from there. And I just realized at a very young age that I was, uh, I like building, you know, mm. it was, I was very fortunate there. And I continue that mindset pretty much throughout my you know central our uh, junior junior high school and then regular high school and you know I went to a votex school and uh, I got I got you know I uh, I knew I wasn't from a family of 11 you know my father said you want to go to college figure it out and I went mm-hmm. to night school and I did figure it out, but you know, I just felt that um, you know the union was going to be able to be in a carpenter and, and union was going to be able to give me the serve me better in, in the long haul. Which mm-hmm. I, it's the best decision I think I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to Suffolk, getting into um, union and wanting to do larger projects and getting in that, there was an introduction um, made, and basically the opportunity was given to me to come on board. I, I think I was the first technical f- first union carpenter every hired on a full-time basis by, by suffolk and again early 90s and i was fortunate i was just coming off uh, i won the uh, state apprenticeship program um you know i was ranked up in uh milbury went to, to that whole process so we, we were very fortunate and mm-hmm. the unions were very much supportive of me being um at suffolk uh, as well as there was some relationships outside of that that just kind of perfect uh, perfect opportunity just presented itself and i just i just took it to the full extreme
0: yeah no I think you've said in the past that there was was there some family like yeah, friendships so, or things or um
1: again like every good uh every good Boston kid I think are, are prideful right so my father was in uh, local 67 and yep. you know me being named after him you know I tell my father everybody my father was the greatest guy in the world as long as you are not his firstborn son named <laughs> after him so mm-hmm. I ended up um, doing local 40 you know what I mean which okay. was Boston Cambridge you know I was uh I saw some highs and lows uh, throughout the industry, and, in, in, uh, you know, people get laid. My father, you know, never, he got laid off for a day, and that was it. But mm-hmm. he, he did some time with uh, Peabody and some relationships, which was uh, the union firm or, or a parent company um, of uh, Ed Fish, which was the original founder or family founder in okay. that. So there was some relationships that go all the way back to there, and then there was some uh, additional relationships. You know, uh, John Fish, the owner of Suffolk, um, Donated a lot of his times and tried to give back to kids. And uh, there's a relationship that was built there um, for my brother Angus uh, as well down at Tabor Academy. So he donated a lot of uh, opportunities. You know, Tabor was a school that um, you had to excel academic. And what they try to do, you know, um, is, is to ask the kids that would come in academically play two to three sports at the same time and that's mm-hmm. that was part of the part of the uh, introduction so it was kind of a, like I said it was it was a multiple relationship thing it just wasn't one thing between the union between my father knowing the, the fish family or ed and then mm-hmm. there was a relationship you know being built through Suffolk itself at the same time
0: that's interesting now I didn't you know probably in hindsight I think I might have known that but how long were they an open shop firm
1: so Suffolk originated, um, if you go back and check it out, it was back in, uh, 82, 83 is, uh, they, they had the name for a while, but they mm-hmm. were say, say a good strong 10 years, marriage shop, open shop. And then and they were for a long time, um, you know, we're not supposed to use the word double-breasted, but they, mm-hmm. they were, right? So they were selective on the jobs they were. If they had a client that had to go union, so they would sign um, job-specific or project labor agreements and stuff to that nature, mm-hmm. not getting into the bug dust or really getting into the ins and outs of it, you know what I mean? But that's mm-hmm. um, thats how it really began.
0: Okay. And then how did that how did your career look so you came over as a carpenter yeah, starting so out
1: it's funny it's the uh w- when when I was thinking about this and coming I'm like oh boy he's gonna ask me you know where did my career start and before Suffolk I worked for Perini I worked for uh, a few other firms mm-hmm. uh in that and going to Suffolk like I said it was a whole new uh, mindset because the my vision was always to get in to be a general super and lead and, and be you know build big buildings mm-hmm. Um, that's always been my dream, always, you know, I knew since I've been young, my my, my value was always to build buildings, but as I matured, I learned that building buildings is only a part of it. It's building people and the relationships mm-hmm. that really um, drove me. So with the opportunity to go into Suffolk, I knew that there was going to be more than just being a carpenter for them. Mm. But I had to, I had to sit back and think, I said, my first job was at Boston Common Parking Garage. <laughs> Okay. which was a uh, a hell of a job we actually had a literally um i don't know if you remember the game don't break the ice when you're a kid and you had to chip out the inside of the blocks in there mm. without the walls and everything falling in and that's literally what we had to do i was working with uh
0: isn't that a state-owned property
1: <clears throat> it is it yeah. is that was a uh, decam so it was then. a decam job okay <laughs> and it was a file that did but it was required you know the size of work that we had to do and the type of uh specialty contracts we had they were pretty much all union um, it was um uh, pile and drivers that I was working with, and uh, they were really just the ironwork and on that end. And I, I literally just worked with those guys in the muck, um, mm-hmm. building you know exterior wall, you know dogs and wheelers and, and soldier piles coming down and supporting all the exterior, as we literally say, don't 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 break the mm-hmm. ice, chip out all, all the inside. So it was crazy, and it was just poorly built, and it was. Uh, there's a lot of challenges with the building, but I remember that, and I'm like, this is not what I signed up for, you know. Yeah. But I just always had the right attitude and said, you know, uh, I'm here for a reason. You know, always take advantage of where you're at and, and the situation you're in. There's always there's there's always opportunities to learn and grow. But
0: what was the transition from working with the tools to more managerial? Was it just the natural kind of progression of? Foreman of a crew, it, it, it general wasn't, it foreman. Wasn't. It, it, it's super it's a great or?
1: it's a great question. So, selfishly, um, and I will say selfishly, my desire was to grow and and be the yeah, superintendent everybody. on that so. job. Was a city kid, you know. gentleman's name was Jimmy Burke. Old school. He had you know always walked around with a cigar hanging out of his mouth, hmm. and. Um, you know, for the first week, he was outstanding, outstanding, and, you know, very colorful with his language, and that, you know, that's just how he said good morning, and, you know, I appreciated his um, honesty, and, you know, truth, and, and I learned to trust him, and I went to him, my after my first week, I said, listen, this Mr. Burke, you don't know me, he goes, you call me Mr. Burke again, I'm going to punch you out, you know, I said, all mm-hmm. right, Jimmy, you know, we, we can swear here, too, so yeah, right. feel free, so <laughs> he might have said a couple other things, yeah, yeah, too, right, so, yeah. but. I think um, you know. After my first week, I said, "Listen, here's you don't know me from Adam, but this is who I am. This is what I'm looking to do, and all that." He looked at me, and you know, he was very colorful, and he said, "Who the hell do you think you are coming up to me and say that?" And I said, "Well, you can either tell me two things: go pound sand, or let's let's sit it." So that day, he gave me a key to the trailer, yeah. and then I started going in early on my own and studying, reading the drawings, right? Because that's that's how it began. So he'd come in, and you know, again, I wasn't—I I never drank coffee back then. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have the pot of coffee ready for him, hoping that he would come. He had his ritual in the morning. He'd do a certain things his way, and only his way. And you get in his way, and you're—you you're, would have a challenge. Right? Mm-hmm. You just let him be. And uh, I'd get in early and earlier, and you know I was getting in there three forty-five, four o'clock. You know there was a trailer on site. You know because most of our work was underground in the parking garage, and uh, I just started studying. And then you know um, I screwed up. I didn't screw up one day. I accidentally left my yellow pad of paper that was m- making notes. So I mm. make notes, details, and all that. And I've been very gifted. I have a photographic memory, so I would remember it. Not having the drawings out in the field, and I would go to that part of the building, the cross, the grid, the cross line, the elevation, and I'd study it and see it. And I'm like, yeah, that's not close. And then without me even knowing that I left my paper there, I put a bunch of questions next to that to review with Jimmy saying Mm. that this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Without knowing it, I I developed an RFI log for him. Mm. And he didn't tell me what I was doing, but he's like, you know, you're doing this wrong, you need to do this. So in his way of, of putting me underneath his arm and bringing me in, that's how it started. Well, he actually went back and reported back to the powers of be at Suffolk, said, this kid's no carpenter, you know, and they thought I was no good. And they're like, get rid of, you know, he won the state apprenticeship. But, you know, this kid is, you know, he's yeah. from a family. What do you mean he's no good? He's like, he's wasting his time there. And then that's where the opportunity come. And I actually got sent out of the city, um, and I give credit to, to um, Suffolk. They've always paid me my Boston rate, no matter where I went mm-hmm. throughout the city or the country, mm-hmm. but w- when I was still a carpenter. And uh, I got sent down to a bunch of other jobs, I'd go in. And literally, I'd go in play carpentry, but you know, he'd talk to another super and say, "Hey, have him take this, or just have a look mm. whatsoever." And it was just an opportunity given to me, and and without me even knowing that, I was taking full advantage of it. I was taking full advantage of it. So that's that's how that my progression went. But mm. it wasn't you know, wake up one day. You know, I went from carpenter to super. I went from carpenter to engineer, layout, line and grid, yeah. in the holes, which I that was part of my training through the carpentry got Into the assistant super role, got into the area superintendent role, then I got, took a couple of jobs over. Um, you know, we had a lot of clients that um, wanted uh private housing, residential housing, and you know, these were decent sized homes, right? Not a yeah. uh, two or three thousand square foot house, you know, might have to add a, a one and maybe a zero on yeah. the other end, you know, 12, 10, 15,000, 20,000 square foot homes, you know, and you know, pretty pretty influential uh clients, and and again, very fortunate, and I had a good way about me and you know i got the reputation of being uh honest hollis sometimes maybe a little bit too honest but
0: or maybe better said candid, candid. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: direct you know what i mean yeah. Not, not uh, non-filtered
0: hollis right yeah. <laughs> that was the big joke for a while yeah we do me a favor before we go to the next step yeah so we grab the mic i just want because when you're talking it's natural to, sure. want to look at me but see how like my lips are here yeah. and the mic's there yeah. you're doing some of that so just All uh right. go better? ahead and yeah, yeah, just make sure correct. your lips are in front of that yeah. mic because it's right. very directional. It's a lousy sure. thing about the mic. But, yeah, no worries. Um,
1: yeah, so that that was it. And then um, what happened, um, I was in Boston um, pretty much to the mid-'90s, and then um, I was asked to go down to build, um, I don't know, um, Tabor Academy. So I went down there, and I built the EA Fish Center. Tabor Academy is down in Marion, Massachusetts. Okay. And um, there was a gentleman by the name of uh, Travis Roy. Yeah. So um, he was a good friend of my brother Angus's. They were best friends. He actually married right. my brother Angus and, and his wife Shannon. So oh, it wow. was beautiful at Tabor. It was amazing. Um, but um, we ended up building a, a rink, and I was heavily involved with that just for the personal relationship and all that. After I finished that project, it was um, mid, mid uh, late 90s at that time, um, Suffolk had asked me to if I'd be willing to travel. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Tell me what you need, coach. Put me in. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And my wife was an amazing, you know, amazing human being. She was, uh, she she liked to travel anyway. So, you know, a little little more aggressive. We ended up moving 16 times in 19 years. So oh, wow. it was crazy. And it was just opportunity after opportunity. And sometimes the opportunities, you know, I've been known to be the uh, fixer in the company. You know, we don't like to use the word firefighter, but that's what I was, right? So I, uh, I was on the back end of the business, right? Always making execution, making it happen. And I just, I came really good at it because I believe in people. I always give people the opportunity, honest. And there was a lot of um, passionate communication, right? So instead of just saying, you know, F you and swearing and throwing shit around, I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's part of it. You feel better? All right, well, you're not dead. No one's shooting at you. Mm -hmm. And with or without you, we got to get this done. So let's figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. So that's always been my attitude. And uh, I was able to develop that. And no matter where it was, um, Suffolk was either I went when they opened up a region throughout the United States, or I came in and uh, realigned it, or just readjusted to the the suffix um, training mechanisms. You yeah. know,
0: and was that at that point your what were they calling you operations? I mean, yeah, it sounded great, like you yep, were yeah,
1: that's it. So I, at that time, I I got into the position of a general superintendent. So okay. um, back then, in the late '90s, um, general superintendent was. Um, a person that basically took care of one job, but also oversaw and and uh, helped set up and um, kind of uh, um, just programmed all the other w- with the other superintendents. Um, we do a home and away, or we inspect, or I'd show up to a job and say, "Hey, let me walk it. Let me, you know, tell me mm-hmm. what your challenges are. Don't lie to me. Don't bullshit me. Let's go." You know? Yeah.
0: It's good that you clarify that because a lot of times there's some confusion. Sometimes general super will mean the head super on a job with multiple supers under. Sometimes it means what some people might call like an outside super. Yep, outside super. Where it, It's the, funny
1: you say that, Joe. That's perfect. It's mm-hmm. D, all the above, right? Yeah. So it depends on what type of job. And I've held all those positions inside mm-hmm. Suffolk. So it was overseeing multiple other supers, making sure they were okay, what we call a Roman general super. Mm-hmm. Then there was a general super as far as being on a larger project, but also supporting and helping, pre-construction, pre-estimating, logistics, setting up. Mm-hmm. And then there was a general super on one massive job where all the other supers came into. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was D, all the above. <laughs> yeah,
0: And then it seemed like you moved on to, and I, I'm being inquisitive because sure. I, I know you're not someone to brag or even I, I'm, yeah. you know, you're know, like, but you moved beyond that and you were more um, yeah. like sea level, right? Yeah. Which,
1: so what, what basically happened was, is that, um,
0: or I'm guessing here. So no, I, I don't, no, you're uh, spot on, uh,
1: you're yeah. spot on. And again, I, I want to, I want to try to help everybody I can to understand a career path. If someone's interested in the way I was and you know what I thought my career path was going to be and how it happened hmm. it was apples and oranges, but it really wasn't too far off at the end, end of the day.
0: Hmm. So we ended up, um, and actually, before you even go there, I'm glad, like, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yep. this is why I'm asking, right? Yep. Because the intent of what doing this podcast is even about is to show people um, how to be better at what they do, yeah, absolutely. But also show people what paths there are. Like Joe Lombardi was framing houses, right. and now is one of the top supers at Shamit. Right. Other guys. Started businesses. Some of them did it by partnering with someone that already had a business in place. Yep. Another one was partnering. Some people were completely from scratch. Somebody was a PM and they did it. Somebody else was a super and they did it. So like, it's just w- w- what are the stories? And there's going to be somebody that listens and they want to hear. So that's why I'm digging in because. You know, that's one a, of the things. I love about, that's one of one of the things I love about what you do in mass construction, right? So there's
1: so much value. When you think about it right and yeah. it's it's just taking the time stopping and thinking about it. okay does that serve me how can that help or you know wow i was thinking that way that's kind of different and again you know I, i'm an open book yeah. if someone wants to call talk to me and and ask more questions i'll be more than happy to help in any yeah. way we can you it,
0: know? so i'm not even i'm not faking these questions like i know you had sea level spots at Suffolk. i know you kind of started to somewhat lead liberty but I don't know the details of that, yeah. so I would so love to hear. Uh, let's let's, all let's that break stuff. it back all the way down. So what happened was, is after
1: traveling for a little bit, um, I was asked to come back to Boston, and, and to be honest, I was asked to come back from Boston for Suffolk. But being the um, being the oldest boy, my father took ill. Um, he was an old stubborn guy, Irish guy, you know, as blue collar as blue collar. yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it's a very simple thing. He um, he called me up and he said, you know, Holly, that's what they call me in the family, and he said, uh, I'm dying. I'm like, come on, pops, you know, half. you know, and again, I shook his hand at 18. I said, you know, dad, you call me a POS. You know, you said I'm no good. You know, you said you'd throw me out at 18. I turned 18. I didn't even graduate high school yet. And like I said, I I went Mm -hmm. to a Votech school and I I doubled English, double math, double major. So that way, the time my first quarter was done, I could go work on a full-time base on co-op, which Mm -hmm. I did. And I said, sir, you know, you 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 told me that you were going to get ran. And that was just his way of learning, right? So you can throw me out at 18. I turned 18. Back then, you had to register for the draft. You had to register for uh, voting rights. And I just said, you know, I'm I'm done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for putting clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, food in my belly. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, uh, we became friends. And I recognized that. That was just his way of serving me the best he could with the tools he understood, you know? Yeah. So with that said... Um, he called me up and said, "Holly, it's time for you to come home and take care of the family." And I'm like, "Come on, pops, half your heart is better than you know all your kids together." He goes, "Nope." So I flew home on a Sunday night. Um, I, I talked to the powers at Suffolk, and they were very much I said, listen. If you want to come back, we're, we're going to take you. You know, I want you back here, but I had already made a, a, a handshake commitment to the president of uh, the Florida division. That's where I was at that time. Mm-hmm. And I came home. That was early uh, 2000, 2002. And uh, basically, uh, two weeks of the day, he said that he was dead and buried. Right, uh-huh. so. From there, I um, stayed in Suffolk uh, locally, got back into uh, Project General Superintendent. Um, then I took over. At that time, Suffolk had a, uh, they used to have Group 1, Group 2, and Group 3. I got into Group 2, which was a medium-sized project, like $75 million and under, uh, throughout the New england base area. Um, and I worked with that group. And then I was getting pulled into Group 1 a little bit more, so I ended up doing a little bit of Group 1 and Group Two um, from a, a general superintendent overseeing. Uh, and then uh, I was asked by uh, Suffolk to uh, go run the Mandarin Oriental Hotel and residence, um, which was pretty intense. And I was a pretty young man, I was 35 years old, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, again, just another um, uh, blessing and opportunity. And then uh, I jumped into that, and um, that I was a general superintendent on that project, finished that project in 2008. If you remember 2008, the economy was not not mm-hmm. good at all. And um, and, and, you know, along with all the greatness, I got to talk about that I've had and the opportunities and I, and I mindset myself, right, to make this an opportunity. But 2008 came, I got uh, promoted to director of field operations throughout the country. And uh, one of my responsibilities was during the 2008. And this is the first time that, you know, and again, I don't want to talk too deep into Suffolk's program that's, that's theirs to have, but um, it's the first time at any time a recession, we actually had to release some of the people. Mm-hmm. So that was part of my responsibility. And uh, after my second hardcore layoff, and, and again, I've, I've fired and laid off people. It's part of the business mm-hmm. prior, nothing to this extent. Um, these were good human beings. Most of these people, I had personal relationships, not only with the husbands and wives, but their kids. And you know, you spent that much time. Um, I conditioned myself that everybody that I had to lay off and adjust, um, I would write a personal you know, a recommendation letter and or I would help them with a resume and or get an interview. Um, we, Suffolk is a very passionate company, very intense company. And we knew the adjustments that we had to make and we made them Swiss. We made them uh, promising, but it was, it's again, not, it's not to not talk easy. ill. Yep. It, it, and everybody did after that, but the almost everybody I laid off, there was only one or two that didn't find a job. So mm-hmm. I took it my personal mission and that was part of the mental mindset I was telling you about that you did. So that's the ugly part of the business. And um, we at the same time, Suffolk was going through a larger merger and acquisitions at that time. Uh, We were looking at firms in the California area. We're looking at firms in the D.C. mid-Atlantic area. um, And then we were looking at uh, a local firm here, which was Barry at that time. So I was involved, uh, very, very fortunate to be involved with all that. And that's where you talk about like at a higher level. That has really nothing to do with the execution. That's more or less about the relationships and the people. And that's where I serve best, right? I've always been always always and always will be people over profit it's always about the people and the relationships cuz that's when you're in trouble that's what that's what you go to right mm-hmm. money money can only do so much and yeah. money comes and money goes relationships are more important they last they, you know that's the long haul mm-hmm. so with that um believe it or not um in 2010 they eliminated the director field operations position inside the company uh and that was part of uh, again the economy adjustment you know we you, you got to learn to pivot in this. Or any company in so this. Just a way to get leaner, or well, it was a way to get leaner. It was a way to. Um, so one one of the things that, when when prior to two thousand eight, you know, the economy, work, the growth, the intensity level, and just not at Suffolk, almost Everywhere. every company, right? Yeah, um, we grew. Everybody grew too fast, too intense, too radical, too fast. Mm-hmm. And what we found was, and it's a human nature, people get defensive and they, they get into their shell. Instead of having their arms open and, and welcoming, their arms are up with fists and they're in the corner and they back themselves. And I give, I give Suffolk a lot of credit because what they said was is they felt – um, that there was a delineation, a separation from what we call the field operation execution and the PM operation execution, and there was some truth to that. And some of that was the maturity of uh, the generation gap too. Like mm-hmm. some of the people coming out with much more um, computer savvy, tech savvy. Um, you know, I, not not to bitch about it, it still happens today, right? Yep. People are pretty ballsy behind a, a computer and writing mm-hmm. an email instead of going out and calling the person and say, Hey, you okay? What's up? Right? So. Yeah. So with that said, that was one of the reasons why they eliminated the position. So it was economy-based, financial-based too, but also maturity-based. How do we blend that company? How do we bring it together? um and at that time you know that's all i wanted to be was director field operations since Mm -hmm. the day i started there right that was the general super director field operation you know both both in the same and then when the opportunity was given me to go national i was like this is a dream come true to me i I could serve i could help i can make people better i can make the company better Um, i can take challenging situations and you know just magnify them and multiply them it was just Mm -hmm. awesome for me um and then they sat me down and said listen we love you we don't want to lose you but uh, we're going to eliminate the position. What would you like to do? And, you know, at that time I was like, you know something guys, I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? I, I love the opportunities you guys give me and that's it. And then, um, you know, the owner, um, John came to me and said, listen, um, we have a company called, it was Patriot. It was changing. It was, it was changed over to Liberty construction yeah, services that. then, uh, LCS. And they said, uh, you know, we're making some adjustments and. We can't think of anybody better because you're from the trenches. You're from, he goes, you know, just about every union steward, labor, BA, you know, business agent. Uh, You you have a great relationship and, you know, you're willing to work with them, but you're also not willing to be bullied by them. And I don't say they bully, but. You yeah. they, they they have a responsibility, so they do bully, mm-hmm. right? We don't, you don't use that word, but, you know, creative uh, persuasion, if we want to be, you know, totally PC. Aggressive. Which, which yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not PC, just yeah. f- to clear, I'll do the yeah. best I can, what I can do, you know? Yep. And uh, I, it, it was something I had to sit back and think about. And I'm like, you know something, if this is where the company needs me, and this is how I can serve and help, and, and I can save, because it, it was in, it was in challenging situation, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I was very fortunate. I went over there, and I just noticed a lot of common sense things. I love um, building companies. I love building projects from the ground up. And it was it was a total refocus on that
0: one. Let me ask you this though, just so for people that are listening, Liberty was a self perform uh, labor concrete uh, concrete. What was yep. what so was Liberty so doing? Yeah. So yeah, so it it was
1: it was a com- it wasn't it was an affiliated company of Suffolk, but it wasn't own... Like, Suffolk didn't have direct ties to it because they were two separate, to your point. So yes. we were a union-based shop. So we mm-hmm. did carpentry, we did labors, we did iron workers, mm-hmm. uh, we did operators. So that's what was it. And then what we focus on mainly, if you understand if, construction...
0: And just, uh, wasn't there a... Um equipment rental piece yep. as well yeah that's yep. where so okay, we sorry. had
1: equipment rental we had a concrete division we had um a self-performing division on um we started getting to the hospitals helping a lot out with the fire protection fire safing mm-hmm. our caulking sealants you know based on new codes and, and adopt into all that mm-hmm. uh, and then our our main bread and butter was the general conditions so Um, 80 percent of the work liberty was doing at that time was on suffolk jobs 20 percent was outside of suffolk too so we we just weren't exclusive to suffolk so Mm -hmm. and um we were able to build a company up to almost 300 um personnel so just you know union um staff members you know um and listen i didn't care white black purple pink yellow i didn't care if Mm you're willing to work and you want to improve I wanted you on the team hmm. and you know, we, we did a lot of unique things there. You know, we gave, um, know, yeah, I coordinated with all the union, uh, uh, you know, trades, um, and you know, once a month we would get together and we would have open shop, you know, open, you know, I, I call it open bitch night, right? Mm-hmm. I have a very simple saying, if you bitch the bitch and you're not willing to do anything, then you're a bitch. But <laughs> if you bitch the bitch and you want to do something you truly want to make it brother, better for your brother and the sisters and the, in, in the industry and yourself, mm-hmm. then come on out, right? Yeah. That's what. That's what you know. That's what we were founded on, as a, I feel, as a country. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got to get back to, right? We got to listen mm-hmm. to people, but again, you got to be willing to put the time, and you got to be willing yeah, to. Yeah, you just the work can't in. throw stones and then yeah. do nothing and, about and, it. And, yep. and unfortunately, most people do throw stones. You know, that's the big joke behind the computer, right? That's why mm-hmm. I say. You know, th- throw a, th- throw a computer and see if it works. After, well, what do you do? So, to your point, so I built that. I uh, had the opportunity, and again, we were just Boston based, and then. It, <laughs> Opportunity presented itself as we started getting into 2010, 2011. It was really, really hard, but I was able mm. to really uh, explode it. And all I did is I went to projects and jobs and to clients that I had when I was on the superintendent end, and the general superintendent end, and the construction end, and the director field operations, I started going to the hospitals and saying, listen, you know, there's certain things you guys have to do to get qualified, to get, you know, your loans, to get any type of, um, credited. It um, used
0: to be JCO and now with joint commission. Yep, kinda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah similar
1: yeah. to that. Yep. So, um, um, uh, uh, you know, hospital inspections, above seal inspections, um, to get any type of grants and, and certain things had to be done and improvements, And uh, it was an opportunity to to do that. And they were very much interested in getting people in there that understand um, the processes of the hospitals, you know, the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts, you know, going through. We had a crew of people that we trusted and we knew, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was kind of unique. And then it went national. So um, we started, um, you know, D.C. is a free-to-work state, but we were down in D.C. working down there. Florida's a free-to-work state. But, again, we were bringing some of our talent down. Some of the people were like, hey, listen, I'm getting ready to retire. I have no problem going down there and taking the DNA that we've developed here mm-hmm. and, and go down and do it. And then the same thing happened in California. And then – California with one of the um, affiliated companies that Suffolk ended up buying, which was um, a company called Roll. They had uh, certain contracts with some of their guys, so I took the union in there. We were working for San Diego Gas and Light, um, you know, more maintenance companies, electric companies, and all that. It was it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. At the same time we had we were starting to rent equipment and i'm like wait a minute there's no reason for us to be renting if we need it all the time so we ended up developing and starting our own rental company we started uh um, went to conditions we started general conditions we got into buck hoist we got into towel cranes we got into all the things that um you need to feed laborers and coppers and general condition and that just absolutely exploded that's really where um we were able to take it to the next level and then you know you started doing projections into 2013 2014 2015 our belt curve started coming out right mm-hmm. so that's where uh things good so i built liberty up pretty strong pretty solid ended up putting people in each geographic region and then uh suffolk knocked on the door again and said hey uh we're uh, thank you very much you've done a great job <laughs> uh can we get some help? I said, sure. What do you guys need? We want you, I call it the mothership, right? Mm. We want you to leave Liberty, everything that you've done, everything you built, you know. I said, what about my fruits and my labors? They're like, nah, you get no fruit. You know, come on over here, make make another thing. And mm. at that time, I've done that on three or four different, you know, between the emerging acquisitions, between the opportunities of building larger projects, uh, taking over some challenging projects and uprighting them, making them right, mm. um, taking Liberty over, taking a, a division or a company and doing that. Uh, I loved it, Joe. I mean, I loved it. It fed me to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they said, you know, we, we have a, uh, you know, again, dirty laundry is dirty laundry, right? We all go through growing pains. And uh, I was asked to go back to uh, Florida. This would be my uh, third tour duty in Florida going <laughs> down. Uh, and I was asked to go down. And, and, and in the meantime, and uh, when I was at the Mandarin um my wife and i we started fostering kids i'm pretty passionate about that we'll talk a little bit about that as well with one ohana um and we were able to foster and then um i ended up adopting a, a local kid right out of here um a home for little wanders out of jp here um she just you know just tough tough upbringing tough entry into life we got her uh, we started fostering her at nine months and then um, we, we were able to ad- adopt her you know awesome. My wife and daughter, um, my daughter's challenge, she, she you know she's high function, um, um, autistic, but she's an amazing soul, um, incredibly intelligent beyond. I mm. sometimes think autistic kids are really the right ones, and all of us people that think <laughs> they're right with screwed up ones. But um, my wife is a, a very much, um, she left her career. she was in the uh, medical field, she left mm. to be a mom, and that's what she wanted to do. Um, you know, we, the big joke was is uh, you know, at 42, no more. No more in vitro, no more nothing. And, and I'm going off script here a little no, bit. No, Not script, it. but just to understand the process of they w- had already moved to Florida in 2010. And I was traveling throughout the country taking care of the responsibility for the, Suffolk. And then you and brought Liberty. them back. I actually m- moved down to Florida full time. I um, After I was done in 2013, again, Suffolk came to me and said, hey, we know that your family's down there. We know that you're on a plane three weeks out of the month anyway. How about if you just make Florida your home base? And, oh, by the way, if Florida's your home base, how about going back to work for Suffolk and helping restructure the southeast, right, the mm-hmm. Florida? And, you know, I went home, talked to uh, Mo, my wife, and I said, hey, buddy, uh, how do we want to do this? Does this work? And she's like, yeah. She goes, you know, I, I'd love to have you home here. So I ended up getting transferred and um, back to, you know, the mothership back mm-hmm. to Suffolk Corporate. Uh, in September of 2013 and then I stayed in Florida for a little bit when I moved there um, I I told Suffolk and and the uh, powers to be that listen I'm going to give 24 months you know a really good look at this but you know I have a driving force inside me that I need to do more for kids and that's where it was a massive uh, drive And, and I also said I have a driving force inside me to build people right to help and serve and build people and I've always had it but As you get old and mature, you know, and, and, you know, I'm definitely got got some age on you. But I think what happens is you, you, you find out what matters most and what's really important to you. And once you have that passion, we all have more to give. We all have more that we can serve. And I'm a firm believer, every trials and tribulations, everything I've been taught, it's my responsibility to give it away, just to take it. Now, like me, when I was young, my father was trying to teach me in his ways. I never listened to him because, you know. I don't need you. I'll figure it out. Yeah, you don't listen to your parents. Yeah, you don't parents, right? But even so, people around you. But if I can just help one person out and make their day better, then I have achieved my goal. So that's what Mo kind of did with our daughter, Gracie. And she just did that. And she was committed um, to do that. And we found a, you know, we're Christian-based. So she found an early intervention Christian school that Mo was able to assist and allow. She's a very intelligent woman, other than marrying me. That's her fault, right? So, But she was very... um, very um, passionate about serving and, and giving more between Foster and also, um, Gracie. So they ended up moving to when I got down there full time Two thirteen, I had the opportunity. I went back to, again, Suffolk. Um, I was back then, you know, again, uh, I don't believe in titles, Joe, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I b- believe they belong in medicine, uh, jazz and labels. Right. So, but you know, the title, I was a uh, vice president of construction operations back then or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you, you call me trash mover or, you know, the guy that likes to hug, you know. I love my title that I gave myself now. It's a uh, Servant Leader. I love that. You look it up and it's just you serve and you lead people to make them better. That's, that's – that's, mm-hmm. if I'm going to have a title, that's the one I want. So with all that said um, – I basically gave him the two, two and a half years. Sat down and I said, you know, I love Suffolk. I love everything that's been given to me. But you know, I had a lot of clients at that time coming to me personally and asking me to uh, work for them, help them out, and it was going to allow me the freedom because I was back. You know, when there's there's two challenges. I always say, when 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 you're asked to do something, you're asked because you're a guaranteed commodity. You're a guarantee. I'm going to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one of the first times I was asked by management to go on the Mandarin. I'm 35 years old, you know, the largest project ever, Suffolk ever built at that time, and one mm-hmm. of them. And I'm like, you know, I'm unqualified to do this. And I remember the, sponsor, the response of the day, Holly, you may be, but you'll be in a body bag before you quit. And I mm-hmm. sat back and after, and I'm like, I didn't know what it, I knew what it meant yep. that that I won't quit, right? And mm-hmm. that was a, that was you know, a great compliment. I didn't understand it at the time, but as I mature and everything, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a guarantee win because I care so much, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a magic formula. You need to care. You need to be the very best at what you can do and, and know your limits, which I never really learned, right? Mm-hmm. But as mature, getting back into what matters most. So, and that's where I was going with this is that what mattered most to me was following my heart, following my passion and and serving more. I had a lot of clients calling me, asking me for help to get into a different role and, um Quite honestly, I, I I was done at Suffolk. You yeah. know what I mean? And how old are you at this time? Uh, at that time, I was 40, 45. Okay. Yeah. So it was yeah. a good, you know, I started right out of high school uh, between the union and then getting out of high school and going into it. So when I ended up leaving Suffolk, I was just under 25 years. Okay. So 45,
0: 46. So. Yeah. And, and not to back you up, but sure. it's, it's funny, this is going to be a mega episode because... The, the, I'm sorry. The, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. You pull
1: the string, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> if I, uh, can I mean help that in a good way,
0: but I have to pull you back because sure. it's relevant to what we're going to talk about sure. in a little while. Yeah. Um, your brother joined Suffolk after you. Yeah, he did. So Angus...
1: Um, so if you go back to the uh, the very beginning, how the relationship... Angus ended up... Because um, he was going to more. S- yep. Under, he won yep. a scholarship or... Uh, um, you Know an academic scholarship, an opportunity to go to Tabor, and at that time we had moved out of the city. We were living down in Carver, Massachusetts, and Angus was um, an unbelievable athlete. All was my he still in high, uh, high Park at the time, um, we, we were in Carver then, so we, we had left. No, but
0: was Angus no,
1: no, 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 he was living in Carver. We the okay. whole family had moved. I'm sorry, sorry okay. if I so... missed that. So okay. we ended up leaving, um. Uh, we ended up leaving High Park, and um, I was in seventh grade, okay. so getting out of there. So Angus, so Angus is, uh, although I can tease and say he looks older than me, you know what I mean. But yeah, I'm I'm older than him. I'm the oldest boy, right? So, but anyway, um, he. Like I said, the relationship there was like a, a delta or a triad of of relationship between my father working for Peabody, um, me being in the union uh, apprenticeship and putting being put over there and have, you know meeting John and going through that and how I met John is through my brother Angus. and Angus actually met you know the the board, you know, it just wasn't it just wasn't Suffolk or John it, but he was part of the driving force to got the gave Angus the opportunity well one of the one of the other things uh, stipulation or request let's be you know let's Mm -hmm. be PC or somewhat we can be um, was to um, work for Suffolk um, where Suffolk went in the summertime you know what I mean so so Angus was a junior in high school so he repeated his junior year went there um, got the opportunity and kicked butt so Angus was actually working for Suffolk summertime in high school so his junior year of high school and his senior year of high school he worked for suffolk when i was working for suffolk wow. um and suffolk back then uh threw him in and as you know they were open shop jobs or you know non mm-hmm. like i said they were still uh spreading their wings in the union side but the he really wasn't in the city he was outside the city and working other jobs throughout and and uh, suffolk tried to do the best they could with the younger kids to try to keep them in the geographic area where they where they were so angus was on the south shore doing stuff of mm-hmm. that nature so you are right, but Angus went to um, you know he did Tabor. He went on to Amherst College, kick butt, took poly sci. Um, he started out as investment bacon IB, so that's I where he it. actually went. So, um, and I think in in a roundabout way, you know, um, you know, I think John was a. I don't want to say disappointed, just uh he wanted nothing but the very best guess I got to give credit where credit is, but mm. I think down deep down inside, you know what I mean? There was always, you know, the, uh, John and, and, you know, me on the operation execution side, I, I call it the, uh, You know, Angus was always on the uh, when he when he came on board. I always say the the pretty side, right? The pre-construction. You know, let's go out to dinner. Let's do all you know, all that side. But I'm always on the uh, the back side. People say the back side. I'm like, think about the back side, right? It's the shithead, right? So it's a big joke. But it was beautiful because as the company grew. Um, we really started maturing and understanding. You you really do need both. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I actually think there's there's a trifecta there, going back to the threes, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, structure wise and setup wise. So so Angus ended up um, after college, he went out to um, San Francisco. He was out there first time he's ever really been on the road traveling. He went out there um, for IB investment banking. Um, Didn't really work out. It wasn't what he wanted. He loved building. He recognized that. So he called up uh, Suffolk, the powers of being, and said, you know, is there an opportunity to come back? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. So hmm. um very fortunate you got in one of the probably the best pre-construction um leaders I feel in in the industry not just cuz he was at Suffolk but hmm. in the industry and that was a gentleman um based out of Boston and um he did all the pre-construction all the pre-meetings so that's where Angus started getting yeah. into that side and of who it. was so heading that up that gentleman's name is Scott Menard absolutely he he's, he's still at um Suffolk um corporate and but uh just amazing human being just hmm. talented you know local Rhode Island kid hard worker Grew up, you know, um, traveled a little bit, but just an amazing human being, and mm-hmm. to be in my my mind, you know, to be taught the best of the best, you know what I mean. It wasn't mm-hmm. to to be fair to be to be open and honest. Scott wasn't the best teacher. So you either have to pick up, pay attention, learn his way. Mm-hmm. So Angus, would, you know, he used to joke, "Is I feel like I'm at double session or triple sessions at football because I'd have to get in super early in the morning, try to think the way he thinks because mm-hmm. the guy's like a beautiful mind, total genius. you know." Mm-hmm. So but so that was a great training to, to do that. And then Angus got into um, the pre-construction. Then he got into the project management, PMs operations. He got into the buy. Um, he got into actually project management, running some jobs, leading mm-hmm. some jobs. Um, and then there was an opportunity, we were on the Mandarin together. So that okay. was, Cause you know, that's what I was hoping to get to. Like what yeah, was the exactly, dynamic? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So at that time, uh, again, um, I, my job as a brother, especially older brother is to make all my younger brothers. So I get three younger, you know, there's, there's, there's five total. We lost one sibling, you know, but there's five boys, six girls, you know, 11 total and, my job is to make every single one of my family members, but especially my brother, better than me. Period. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that to Angus, and I've always, I've always driven him. You know, but Angus is, um, you know, Angus is a good politician in the family. You know what I mean? It's always been, uh, you know, he's my brother, so I can I can give him a little jab here, there, and everywhere, which I do, Go and I have it. no problem doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your job. Actually. Yeah, it is yeah. my job. Absolutely, brother. It <laughs> Doesn't matter how he gets here, the very best, you know. But um, he 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 was always smart. He was always willing. You know, I, I tell Angus um, that the story of Angus is very simple. He is an EQ kid, blue collar, um, SAR, my father, killed himself and working day and night, seven days a week, you know, after he worked all day in construction for the union. You know, I think, you know, I, the big joke is I just got my lungs checked. You know, I have horse hair plaster inside my lungs and I've had asthma because I think since I've been six, seven years old, you know, I've been ripping every horse hair plaster job mm-hmm. between Roxbury, Charlestown, Dorchester, you know, Hy uh, mm-hmm. Park, everywhere, doing them all over since I was a young kid. And again, I was just always a worker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I'm not going to say it affected him. I think it gained respect. Angus saw that and said, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but he saw, Angus was a big um he my dad was angus's hero you know you could Mm. see it you know where me we were definitely a little oil and water i think we're probably more oil and oil or water and water we're too much alike and that was his way of training me but angus was different with my dad you know Mm. i mean again blessings all the way around you know i mean everything's good and i think that drove him so that's where i think the IQ comes in, so Angus is a perfect blend between EQ, emotional intelligence, mm. and IQ, and, and the That's intelligence smart. factor. You know, um, and he was he always took that to the next level, and he always took full advantage of the opportunities that were given in front of him. And the and he also had a um, I don't want to let my dad down. I don't I don't want to let anybody down. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it was a good driving factor, a good balance. So when I was always in the execution operations, he always stayed local and in Boston, and he was always with, with the, around the, um, executive team and the corporate team mm-hmm. where I was, you know, again, on the back end, wherever, wherever there was a problem or a fire, yeah. you know, that's, uh, fire Marshall Hollis, you know, that was the big joke. So we never really, although we talked and we, we dealt with each other, we, we really never worked together until we got to the Mandarin. And then without even knowing really the blend, we, we were brothers and we knew each other day in and day out, but. We were finishing each other's sentences. You know, mm-hmm. he would have a challenge with a, uh, a trade partner a subcontract and not being. He'd come in and say, "Hey, be neutral, right? Be Switzerland. Tell me what it is." And you know, there's plenty of trade partners coming in. They were 100 percent right, and Angus mm-hmm. was wrong. And I'm like, "You're 100 percent wrong, bro. This is why you're wrong." And that's it. The trade partner like, "You just threw your brother underneath the bus." I said, "No, he's wrong. He needs to learn. You take advantage of him." You and I will have a problem, right? Now big brother comes in. But yep. I think that was beautiful, and I think Angus respected it. And, and again, not that he wasn't intelligent and couldn't figure it out himself. Mm-hmm. He just trusted me enough, and he wanted to just get to the end of it because we're impatient, right? We're yeah, impatient I think, I mean, everybody
0: people. has that it just stuff in life where you're like, you want to bounce something off of somebody. Like, yeah. hey, this yeah. is how I'm seeing singing. Yeah. Am I missing something here? You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think it was really good because Angus respected um the operation side, the field side, you know what I mean? Hmm. So um, not, not again, if you bitch the bitch, you're not willing to do it, you're a bitch, but n- not not to complain about it, but a lot of people look at the field as, oh, it's just, it's done, it's done. Yeah. And what happens with that is, it's all the sweet nothing promises, it's all the bug dust, it's all the details, it's all the things that weren't figured out earlier. Like, hey, yeah, they'll figure it out in the field, in the field. Well, you know, if, if it's not planned, it's not figured out, it's a gap, right? It's a problem, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's, that's where... Uh, a lot more of that so I'll tell you um the job went outstanding for him and I working together it, w- it was well respected um you know we had a lot of you know growing up in High Park you know we had a mayor that was definitely in favor of it you know mm-hmm. um where I grew up in High Park you know um uh, before he became Mayor Menino he was Mr. Menino to mm-hmm. me and um you know he used to always tell me you know my, my father had passed at that time like I said and your father would be proud of you. But, if, you know, if I made a mistake, a Boston transportation apartment, you know, it was on it was on Boylston Street. And uh, we had a lot going on, you know, I mean? yep. there was a lot going on. So he would literally called me up, Holly, your father's turning over in his grave. So just constantly, you know, give me a little uh, hy- I call it the love, right? So it yep. wasn't the mayor picking on me. It was hypoch love just making me the very best. So we had that. Angus did that. And then at the same time, uh, Suffolk started another um, in, um, company called Dovetail. And the whole goal of that was oh. dovetailing the details together. And what Never they heard did, of this. yeah. So yeah. the 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 Mandarin was uh, customization. There's uh, uh there was 50 custom condos up there, and where Suffolk was the primary in building the the uh, main building, uh, what we call the core and shell. Mm-hmm. From the condos were all core and shells. They were basically given open, but we did the hotel, we did the restaurants, we did all that uh, from basically the uh, eighth floor down. So from the ninth floor up were all the high end condos, and um, some of them were being. Uh, built out by Suffolk, but for the majority, we turn that over to a different style of company. It's a different. Um, you you need the custom condos, custom condos. You, yeah, directly for the clients. clients. Um, it, it, not picking on project management or or superintendents. It's a different. That's someone's home, oh, you, and you got to look at different that. Animal. Yeah, it completely is different a different animal. animal. And um, we had a lot of talent inside Suffolk that came from that high end. Uh, customization, that high-end hospital attention to detail. And again, not knocking some of the larger uh, superintendent's condos. You know, everybody has a place on the team. You know what I mean? Well, and
0: it's also you're dealing with uh, also in most cases a non-sophisticated client. That's right, right? absolutely, and that's why the relationships. Or, yep. So
1: there's it's and it's personal. It's personal. It's definitely, you know, not saying that, you know, developing, executing, listening to a developer, making sure you understand their pro form and making all that happen, that's very personal too, but that's Mm -hmm. business personal, right? Yep. Where you're talking, you know, it's not a house, it's a home. It's somewhere where you go to for, you know, for for rest. So Angus ended up taking over uh, Dovetail um, with with another team member by the name of uh, Jim Grossman. Um, So they ended up working together. They were all working for Suffolk. They ended up going over there and, and driving that. Did exceptionally well. And again, that's when the economy started crashing. I ended up leaving. So that was our really first hand-to-hand combat you know and we wrestled right Mm -hmm. we'd have uh you know you get the over under when the two leary boys were pissed off at each other you know so um there was definitely some uh you know a lot of adjectives going back and forth but at the end of the day i respected and trusted him and and he respected and trusted me and you know and there'd be plenty of people stirring the pot too you Mm -hmm. know i mean the developer was some great people there too and you know we had a long personal relationship with them um based on you know Meeting in Suffolk, but outside of Suffolk, you know, uh, again, going back to taking care of some of the personal clients and and doing some of their uh, residential homes outside of the city, you know, so there was there was a lot of opportunity. And again, from there, I went to Liberty. Um, did very well. At Liberty, uh, built that up, really exploded that again for local. Then we went national. Um, and if I'm jumping, just let me know oh, from fine. there. I was asked to go down to Florida, reorganize the company, uh, which, uh, you know, another challenge. I'll take it. And again, my daughter and my wife had left because the best we, we had moved to where we were living. We had moved to Plymouth, Massachusetts. That was the best early intervention school for my daughter at that time. Mm-hmm. And my daughter had a, um, a very um, rough um, entry into in, into life. You know, her uh, not not to get into details, but I think it's important to understand. Uh, her birth mom, you know, was, was a druggie, doing three bags of heroin a day. Um, Gracie had challenges. We knew when we were fostering that there was going to be, you know, potential challenges. We didn't know to the extreme. Um, but love's love, right? Mm-hmm. So that's our job. Um, you know, we, we all have something to give in there. And when we started fostering her and bringing her home, and she just... She she fit in. Poor kid looks like a Leary. That's that's worse. <laughs> that's even worse. You know, I I felt bad enough just to adopt her for that. You know, <laughs> um, and and I want I want to throw this out because I. I'm a firm believer in adoption and helping. And and even if you can't adopt, just foster anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, May is National Foster Month throughout the country. Um, And I I brag about it. At first, I was very protective. But there's a thing. My wife's name is Moe, M-O-E. Her last name is Leary, L-E-A-R-Y. If you just plug that in, believe it or not, to YouTube, you'll see this story. Um, We moved into uh, a street without knowing that there was five other families on that street that had adopted through the state. It was just meant to be, and those guys kind of helped us and guided us uh, My wife did the Doctors Without Borders. she was over in China. she did not want to adopt from America just because of all those horror stories you heard mm-hmm. and where I grew up in the city and i grew up in a you know tough area you know jump you know stabbed had some challenges in, in, in uh, middle school um I always knew that I had to pay it forward and give back, and I always wanted to do something from an inside or internal kid. Um, I'll give a, give a kid an opportunity, you know, I'm not saying that I was going to, I just want to give the opportunity. It's up to them at the end of the day, to accept it. So Mo ended up changing her mindset and said, you know something we need to adopt from America. We need to do it right here and, and do our own backyard to be community champions. So again, Mo Leary, YouTube, you do it. It's a beautiful story. It's, it's an amazing, amazing story. And I do that again, selfishly because I believe in it. And I, you know, love's love. It doesn't, you know, you don't go around and say, no. You have a kid, you have a kid, you don't go around and say, this is my adopted kid, right? You just said it's my child, my kid, it's my kid, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love's love, right? So, um, and there should be no restrictions. Unconditional love is part of, you know, again, we'll talk a little bit about One and what were the driving force with COVID and why it was so important to me doing what I did in the last couple of years. So with that, um, jumping back to, uh, jumping that, I moved down there. They wanted me to move. It just worked out perfect for the family. Um, I could start seeing my daughter and my wife more often than than I was at that time. Uh, Mo was trained with me being in construction, right? So, you know, we were uh, very fortunate. You know, we we married 20, going on 28 years now, you know. So... um, in, in basically 45, 46, I sat down with Suffolk and said, I love you guys. Um, I, I, I'm not fed. And I'm a type of person, if I'm not fed and I'm not giving. Um, if I'm not feeding my internal mechanism, I'm not feel like I'm growing mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't a negative. It wasn't anything. It just I felt it was time to move on. And, you know, I want to spend more time with as a dad. I love being a dad. I want to spend more time with Mo, more time with Gracie, more time helping kids fostering and, and doing being the best I can be. Um, and again, I, I opened up a little bit about it. The problem with Hollis is I bring myself to the game. Right. So. I know what it takes, and sometimes it is 70 to 90 hours a week, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about balance and what matters important. Problem, yeah. It is part of the problem, and I felt I was part of the problem to myself, and part of that, and, and again, not to demeanor or demoralize or to um, uh, put challenge somebody of what they is, everybody has an ism, and I know I'm a workaholic right? Mm-hmm. So I, I know I am. And some of it was my insecurities and not being IQ, right? Not thinking I was smart enough all the way back to Boston Public Schools when my teacher says, oh, you know, and they didn't say the challenge one, they used a different word than our word back then, you know, it was mm-hmm. in the 70s so you could say retired, right? Which mm-hmm. is terrible. But you know, yeah. and I don't think she meant to anybody. She said, oh, you have to retire out of the family because she had straight A students with my sisters. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, listen, you got some crayons. I can drive you. You need truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but without knowing that, that was always that. But I knew what made me feel good in seeing it, and I call it head, heart, hands, right? They go in my head, filter through my heart because I'm a passionate guy, passionate dude, and produce with my hands, and they instantly gave me gratification. So that's where I was. Well, I recognized that I had to pull back from doing that. So I was almost like an addict with construction or addicted to Suffolk, and I had to take a step back. Right? Mm. And I think that's important to understand because if we are going to help people with career paths and get there, it's easy to get excited. It's easy to get passionate. It's easy to get go all in. And you need to be all in, but there has to be a balance. And you got to set your boundaries to your standards. No one else but your standards. And I didn't learn that. I didn't mm. learn that. But I'm proud that I did learn it. And, again, this is where I'm hoping this could help someone. If we help one person, brother, we've done our job.
0: Yeah, because so. 90-something percent of the company is going to take every possible last year thing they can, a bit of energy out of you that yeah. they can. Yeah. Right? And, and and that's, that's I don't co- mean that's a No, no. as a And you're allowing it. Right? Yes. You're allowing it. at the yeah, end yeah. of the day it's a choice, right? Yep. They're going to get the maximum from you. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have to decide what you're allowable. That's right. amount you're right. willing to give. Right. right. And and
1: I think it's a generational thing too, you know what I mean? Like I said I'm older, you know when I was born in the 70s. I think there's mm-hmm. a, a process there where you know, going back to, you know, my my father was a firm hardcore union carpenter and and you know he was the type of guy that gave ten for eight right mm-hmm. he'd work eight hours he gave you ten mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I remember a couple of times that he came on a couple of my jobs checking on me and you know he felt that I wasn't given you know I'm 19 20 years old he mm-hmm. bend over boot me in the ass said him an embarrassment it's just just how he was you know yep. what I mean so mm-hmm. and you know the the superintendents and all that were saying you know, this kid's the best that we've ever seen for such a young man and, and doing what he's doing so mm-hmm. So with that all said, I ended up um, kind of leaving he Suffolk. Away, you know yeah. what I mean? Shook hands, hugs, kisses, loved everybody. You need anything, anytime, any place, anywhere, call me. Um, and they did. You know, I helped out everywhere I could. Um, but then I started doing some consulting and all that. And um, back when we did the Mandarin, uh, we brought a company called RJA in. And at that time, the construction division for the Boston Fire was just starting at the same time. And we were doing a lot of training, and we were learning a lot. Um, And we had a process inside Suffolk that myself and a couple of other um, uh, superintendents developed. And it was the closeout process that we we were really working on and really getting into the, the details. And it really... Drove me crazy, and still to this day it does. And I have a whole different program that that I try to help and serve. Is that we kill ourselves preparing. We kill ourselves. What I I, I I build a construction site like a football game. You know, yeah, quarterly the huddles, the teams. You know, quarter one, quarter two, halftime, quarter three, quarter four. And quarter four is what I call is the most important, right? The red zone, the half uh, two minutes warning or whatever it is. You kill yourself and get all the way up there. And at the end of the job, if you run it right, people are still communicating. People are not, in the, you know, I used the analogy earlier that people just get defensive and they get in the corner and instead of open arms, they're, they're in the corner with their fists up. Um, and I recognize that there, there was a process that had to be done. So we were introducing that very aggressively on the mandarin with with the developers plus as i told you we started another there was another assistant company called dovetail Dovetail. which you know they were affecting the base building tco getting done because they were ripping stuff apart that we had put together so and again all construction logistics and, and challenges but you got to communicate and trying to keep everybody happy. So there there was a lot of moving parts
0: and pieces. And can I ask you was Jim Ham part of that?
1: No. Um, no. So Jim Ham at that time um so there if you go back um I was telling you it was group 1, group 2 and group 3. Mm-hmm. So th- Jim was always supporting uh, a group called group 3 um which was really driven and pushed by a gentleman by the name of Macdonnapple and Jim Ham. So those two mm-hmm. were like um you know, I, I I call them, you know, president, vice president or, you know, the, the yin and the yang or, mm-hmm. you know, mock always took care of the uh, the PM, the pre-construction operation. So we can call him Angus mm-hmm. and you call Jim him Hollis to understand if that if that helps. Right. Yep. But and that I was so proud of those two because they really understood you need both. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to have you, you got to have you know, yin and yang, you know, black and white, you know, uh, positive or negative, you need the opposite to make it happen. That's yeah. part of the relationship. I asked you know?
0: just because I always saw Jim involved with the turnover process in a lot of cases. Yeah, so it
1: there was, there was a, a lot group. of, um, a lot, he was involved uh, a lot where his projects, um, or most of their projects were much more fast paced on some mm-hmm. of the larger projects. Again, going back to group one, mm-hmm. or group A, group B, group C, and, and, and how it was segregated, separated, it was the type of. Um, classification of work. They were doing a lot of um, renovation, hospital work, um, school work in, in that time. Mm-hmm. And then we're uh, group A, group one, where's a like hundred plus like million dollars, big developer, big bigger projects. You know, mm-hmm. again, all important. Not one's better than the other because again, it goes back to dovetail. You need the right people in the right seat in the right position on the field serving, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Sorry but, to take you off track. This yeah, no, you not at about... all. But I will tell you mm-hmm. one of the things I loved... Um, about Jim Hamm and I loved about the the other general supers and he said, we would always get together and we'd do this thing called home and away. So Jim would invite us out to all the group three jobs Mm -hmm. and we'd do it after hours. We'd go, he goes, come on, I'm no better than you, right? We're always better together. So from a leadership point of view, I always gave credit to Jim on that end and Mm -hmm. that was something that I learned too and I believed in it. So it was good because with construction, you get a lot of Type A personalities. No, and with I type, I know, it's the first time you've ever heard it, so you know, don't be shocked, right? Yeah. So, um, and and again, per, someone's greatest strength is also their greatest weakness because they're unbalanced, right? Mm. But sometimes you need those greatest unbalanced strengths to get it done, right? You, mm-hmm. you really do. Um, so, back to um, you know, basically, 2016, um, decided to leave Suffolk, started doing consultant work on my own. Met a bunch of a lot of the RJA guys. There was a gentleman that was asked to transfer down to Florida. The gentleman's name was uh, Mike Sheehan, mm-hmm. um, and he was part of um, the part of the group that developed Code Red. And so they were all coming out of school, uh, although Pete Harrod wasn't. But they were all involved with the Mandarin. They took all the processes that I did for turnover, and they created um, a program, and then. Uh, Suffolk was really good. We had a training facility over in Roxbury at 57 Magazine street, right down I the street. It? Yep. <clears throat> yep. So, and John was always really good to help the community or anything we do. So we started uh, doing these meetings called red, white, and blue meetings. Right. And what we do is we take, um, we, we were, we were open, right. We would take, um, not only, um, the superintendents and the project managers inside Suffolk. We, we opened the doors to other, um, you know, our, our competition, our mm-hmm. GCs, you know, it was, it was about truly being our community champion, helping other people and then we invite um, the fight department to come in the construction division. We, you know, all those guys from RJA that we just finished demanding together, bright them in, we'd go through the process and the, the whole vision was constantly better ourselves and where we did the red, white, and blue was that, you know, there were certain, like, you know, the red team were the elite, the best of the best so those were really the senior superintendents, what we call a general superintendents, large project, whatever, the conversation, the dialogue, at that level was much more intense, much more aggressive for the, for the bottom where we go to the blue team and then the white team. Um, those are entry-level superintendents where the blue teams were what we call our area superintendents or mm-hmm. different grade superintendents. And we, we created a curriculum to focus on each one of them and, and to help. So back to Miami, when I was in Florida, I was in the Palm Beach County area. Uh, Michael had started a company called SLS um, consultant, it was fire, fire protection where he was at RJA, um, just about at that same time. Um, uh, uh Chris Lynch and, 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 yeah. and Nate, all those boys, um, side of code red. Now code red, I give them a lot of credit uh, much more than uh, not knocking SLS because they were the only show in town because you got to remember when the economy crashed, everybody left Miami. That was one of the hottest hits in the country in the world. Um, where Boston, um, you, you had a lot more competition. There was a lot more other code consultants around. So Code Red had to work 10 times harder where SLS was at the right place at the right time. But Code Red had um, partners where they all could depend on each other. Again, going back to where SLS was kind of like a sole proprietor and trying to understand the business side of it. So Mike got, reached out to me and said, hey, listen, you know, I, I need help. You and I have always got along good. You know, Do you want to, I'd like you to come in as a silent partner or at least give me five years let's try to figure this out and uh i sat down with it. it was a whole different mindset but the thing i love doing is building companies and building people mm-hmm. so it fed me so what i ended up doing with that is um you know i, I still had some other side jobs i was doing with clients um really serve that on the development side. I was doing understand the performers, understand the importance of execution. Um, I was trying to um, bring general contractors in and educate them on the process of closeout, right? We had a, a standard process, 120 days out, 180 days out, things to be looking for, you know, important things, you know, fires, sprinklers, coverage, um, things that as inspectors or, or as true builders um, we know what to look for. And 90% of my true building is because I screwed up, <laughs> right? So I baptism by fire, and I take those lessons. And I say, okay, this is it. And then I was able to bring it back to, you know, whether it was a code compliance thing for that geographic area, um, you know, NFPA thing or just a state code or a building code or a mechanical code, whatever it was, we were able to always work it out and justify just not, you know, pulling something out of thin air, which happens a lot, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I did that. Um, we were able to take SLS from just a small Miami focus to pretty much to be the go-to person throughout the state of Florida. Um, and then we expanded, um, you know, we basically opened up nine other geographic areas throughout the United States based on relationships and we diversified it, uh, pretty good, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but then COVID happened, Joe, and it was, um, it was a big thing, you know, Miami, um, Again, I'm huge into analytics and looking at things and and seeing where things are going. And I have three rules, right? You have the real smart people, back to the IQ. You have the economists, and you really have to understand. And then I have the Hollis Leary, gut check, right? So I go to the local municipality. I'll go into the planning zoning board, start talking, starting to get in the vibe, talk to people. So those three, you know, I used to always say it used to be yin and yang. You need the triad, right? You need... I'm a big Delta person. I'm a big, you need three to make it right, right? So the mm-hmm. yin and the yang and the yuck, as I joke now, right? So that way I'm politically correct, you know, putting the ugly in there and putting the pretty in there and putting the yuck in there. So mm-hmm. um, so we built that, did very well. Um, SLS went through some restructuring based on um, the economy and what was happening with um, COVID. And Miami went, or Florida went from being like the 17, 18 state projection to be in the number one state and number two state to be in for future development because of COVID. And with that did it restructured the company in a lot of ways. And that was on my fifth year. Um, we were helping and fostering a lot of kids at that time um, down in Florida, that's where I lived. Um, it really ripped me apart and bothered me when during COVID, um, it, it, not not to get too personal, but mm-hmm. during COVID, you, know, you heard so much about what was going on. Um, Outside our country, with with the kids trying to get into the country, I'm a firm believer. This is America. Let's give everybody an opportunity. They have to work for it. There's no freebies. There should never be freebies. Help mm-hmm. out, but whoever gets freebies should be registered, and they have to pay it pay it forward five times over, right? But a little aggressive. I'm okay with that. I, again, I, I told everybody, warned you. I'm not PC. Yeah. I am who I am, right? So, but with with that said, there was kids in our own community that needed attention needed help just needed a hug or needed an opportunity and they weren't given it because of COVID because of rules and regulation again I'm not saying I wanted anybody sick I didn't want to say anybody dying I'm not saying any of that Mm -hmm. we just didn't have the right systems in place and it seemed forever that we didn't get them in place and I personally with my own experience adopting a child that's been in the womb and have neurological challenges seen the results my daughter's 14 15 now she's turned 15 and she has severe trauma that was developed um and and we have been on top of the game from day one and she's still challenged yep. you know and uh, again not saying that i'm perfect i'm not not even mm-hmm. close but i'm willing to give my very best and, and do whatever i can well there's so many other kids that are out there that that have that challenge so that really bothered me bothered me deeply um and this is where i'm going so when I sat down with SLS and we were restructuring the company. Um, you know, the, the West coast of SLS started their own thing. Uh, that was a gentleman by the name of Andy Thule. He has a company called Houdin, uh, fire protection. They're amazing. They're actually national based. I work a lot with them, help them out. Uh, SLS kind of really shrunk down and just focus in one geograph back into the, the Florida. Florida. And they have a couple of, um, areas here and there with, with clients, but, um, it just, it was time. You know, I've been in the corporate world. I've done everything I possibly could. i I've, I've taught him every lessons. I've served everybody I can, it was time for me to really focus on where my passion was, which was serving kids. Mm. So with that, Joe, that's where the One Ohana comes in. So um, One Ohana, um, it's, we, we have two affiliated companies. It's oneohanaclothing.com. It's the number one Ohana clothing. Yep. I don't know if you can see that, right? One there Ohana. We'll have to share this um, clip. Yeah, We'll have to share a clip. So yeah, so we, we decided to go with One Ohana Clothing, and there's a... Um, I don't know if you've ever heard a B Corp. It's a little different than an S Corp or a C Corp, but a B Corp you have to qualify for. And what it clearly states is that all the profits and the proceeds that come in for a profit company will go to a charity. And that's what One Ohana Clothing is. So we are a for-profit company that basically offsets some of the costs that we would have in One Ohana Charities. Um, We support that. We like people to represent One Ohana Clothing. And if you go on to clothing.com you will see that it clearly states that we give back, and that's the whole purpose of that organization, that company. And we just don't give back to ohana charities. We give back to every 501c non-three profit companies out there um one of the largest things we did is one of the proudest things we did especially in america was we did a huge thing last uh, on november, november for veterans it was huge and then you know um and, and it doesn't have to be just through 100 charities or 100 clothing you can do this in any community and serve and help just give outside yourself uh, we did a massive clothes drive for kids again going through um, a lot of things um, during COVID, they weren't allowed to get all the uh, opportunities here in America that they had before. Mm-hmm. So we, we did different things. Uh, we did another drive. Um, it's sad as it is, and, and I like to do a visual here to really understand it. But, you know, if any anybody ever dealt with a foster kid or and or CAK get taken out, they call it the black trash bag, right? You get a yeah. trash bag, grab what you can. So we had another group that we worked out of Kentucky, and they did, um, believe it or not, suitcases. We got a bunch of suitcases donated, you know. And, again, not all things to everybody. But all you got to do is just a little bit, just do something more than what was done yesterday, you know? Yeah.
0: There's a lot when you, um, when you read about it or if you have any experience with it, where they talk about how, um, things that seem insignificant to you and me, mm-hmm. like to kids that are in the foster system, yeah, like they're hanging on to, it's yeah. going to choke me up just talking about it, yeah. but they hang on to things that look so insignificant Yeah. But it's just they have no connection. They don't. You, the know, past, Joe, you know, Joe, it's
1: powerful. And I get very emotional and passionate about it too. And I think when that happens inside you, that's your true DNA. That's where you're supposed to give more and do more. And I, no. I believe that's why we're designed that way as human beings, right? Yep. Um and, and and I do it two different ways, right? Those that those that are our parents, right? So we all came from parents, right? Whether good, bad, or indifferent, but we mm-hmm. all came from parents but those that are our parents, just think if that was your child, if that was your kid, you know? And this yeah. is, I, I do a couple of different things, and we get some ama- on the One Ohana ch- Charities, you know, we're, we're, we're based in a few different states. We're, we're not restricted. We're nationally based. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here to help and serve, and we're going to talk a little bit about what our primary is and, and the background of construction, how we can serve, but um, think about having your own kids, and both parents die, or one parent dies, or whatever, and your kid is left without a will, without a trust or anything. So that's something that we do. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's responsibility and accountability. That's the easy part. Those are the people that already have kids. But then I always try to drive into parents, mama bear parents and papa bear parents, you know, parents that are protective because you want your very best for your kid, but you also want to challenge your kid. You don't want them to be a punk. They need mm-hmm. to be added value to society. They need to pay it forward. They need to take everything and be, be a good, 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 humble community champion, as I call them, community champion why aren't we giving that same to the other kids that are out there? And here's the sad thing. You just said something that's beautiful. They, These kids that are in the foster care system, I call it T squared. They don't have it. They don't have trust and they don't know what the truth is because they've been told their whole entire life that if they're going to get this, they get that. And that's hope and that's faith and that's that's will, right? And that's grace. And those are all important. But if there's no substance, if there's no backup, there's no foundation, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it it destroys. And again, when is it enough? You know, and, and this is a little shout out to the people that have money, right? Mm-hmm. So we have corporate sponsors that are amazing with one Ohana clothing that go through that. And there's a whole ROI on that. Um, they're amazing. And corporate sponsors a couple different ways. One is financial and funds, right? We're 100% of 501c3. So it's 100% write off for them anyway. But they're more interested in serving and helping, and another way to do it is we're taking kids, uh, our number one primary focus, getting talking about 100 charities and the, the primary purpose. We have four major categories, but our primary purpose we focus on now are kids that are aging out of the foster care system. Um, and, and again, it links to construction, what we're doing. Let me explain where we're at. So high levels, you can Google this and check this out. And it's on our oneohanaclothing.com. It'll talk about it. 23,000 kids in America that were still in the system, kids that didn't run away or get out of it, Mm -hmm. 23,000 kids in 2019 aged out of the foster care system. 23,000. In America, we're fortunate. Multiple of those kids are allowed to go on to college if they choose. The challenge is colleges pay for, but housing isn't. They get no more assistance or anything. So they got to figure it out. Only 3% of those kids go on out of those 23, only 3%. Out of those 3%, only 1% graduate college. That's disgusting. Yeah. And I just told you, it's assisted. State schools is assisted. Not all states do it, but that's it. That's disgusting. But here's, here's the bigger challenge. Within three years, the majority of those kids, and I'm, I don't want to be challenged by my percentage of being off, but it's, It's just that 50% within three years, those kids are on subsidized welfare, pregnant, incarcerated, in jail, or in trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they don't know how to trust. They don't have truth. All they know is survival instinct and whatever that survival instinct is. And again, this is not a handout. This Mm -hmm. is it. And this is where I love seeing corporate sponsors and, and leadership come in what we've been doing is taking those kids. Um, I'm not good at soft skills, I'd uh, be honest with you. And I have, um, we've developed a, a group from the one Hana charity team. Um, you know, a few leaders, if you're okay, if I can mention, one Don't is, please go for it. Uh, Krista, you know what I mean? Um, um, from building people. Yeah. Building people. She's amazing. She's uh, one of the board members. Um, there's another uh, leader by the name of uh, Nicole Mills. She's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'll, I'll explain the talent and the passion. These people bring it, uh, you know, make me look like a you know i don't have what they have and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of understanding the power of people right power of being together no one's you know i always say not one of us as smart as all of us especially if you're there to serve the greater good it's crazy and then we have another um, team leader and, and a foster mom of seven kids uh tony Mayer, uh which is local here too so those are the three leaders that we have in massachusetts and they're they're amazing they're amazing so Krista's been on the show here. She's she's yep. absolutely outstanding. Um, the value add of, of setting goals, understanding fundamentals, understanding soft skills, understand the importance of training. You know, we talked about um, mindset, right, and, and and putting the right thoughts in your mind. And that can be uh, overwhelming for someone that doesn't have hope or doesn't have faith or been having that their whole life, and it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a goose egg, right? It's an empty. Mm-hmm. So that conditioning of the mind has to be. And this is where I come in, right? I, I always talk about head, heart, and hands. Um, I wasn't a good student. I know I wasn't, right? So I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm very intelligent. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm humble. I don't want to make it sound like I'm bragging. But I learned at a very young age, out of survival, out of survival, um, where my talents were. And I didn't even recognize I was doing it out of survival, Joe. It just came natural. And with that, I ended up learning that my hands, right? So I learned in my head, positive thoughts, Go through my heart of a passionate duty. If you're going to do something, be the very best at it. Give your very best. And only you can look in the mirror and know what your very best is. And then produce with your hands. At the end of the day, you're learning a skill. And that's exactly where I'm going with this. So we've been trying to take the um, the, the, the young adults coming out of aging out of the foster care system and bringing them into the construction industry, right? Whether it's architect, engineers, or construction. And favor-wise, for me, Joe... Mm-hmm. I want trades. You know what I mean? It, we're in trouble in America as it is. Um, we're not, um, kids don't want to work, right? And, and I mean that respectfully. You know, it's it's great to get behind the computer and do that. I'm not saying we don't need those, but they are, you know, the, the old saying used to be, oh, they're a dime a dozen. No, they're two dozen for a dozen, right? We're overpopulated in that area where the trade partners and what's going on, it's, it's insignificant. We're not supporting. We're not funding. We're not, Backlogging, And you can look at any economist. You can look at any statistic throughout the world. Construction is always within the top five of the economy of what's going on. Right? So we need people to be in this, Right? So I'm a middle-aged, you know, 50s. You know, you're young and you're in your 40s. If we continue in the trades, we would be, you know, the, the best stock to invest in. And we actually are because our job, and we talked about it earlier, is to pay it forward, to give away everything that we learn. And that's what One Hana Charities is about. That's what we're doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's funny. There's a, a company, Parasol Builders, out of Rhode Island. And yep. I'm looking to uh, actually have them come in to talk about it. But they have an internal apprenticeship yeah. program. Yeah. And yeah. the guy that leads it is just wh- who you were describing, which is he's at probably what might get, be considered the tail end of his career.
1: Seasoned. Seasoned. Yeah. I'm there, so it make me feel good. Yeah, yeah. And he's,
0: <laughs> you know, he's interested in passing that information yeah. on yeah you know and that's beautiful joe that's yeah.
1: you know that's a company there's two things there's a company that recognizes it but more importantly there's a human being because that's what it's about it goes back to people first over profit right mm-hmm. it's about relationships mm-hmm. and you can get it i can get ugly in statistics too right and and those developing builders out there you know you and i are taxpayers right we're developing we're bringing kids that are going to be taxpayers you know um one of the challenges that we have and not knowing the exact statistic because it's it's changes, but on average we end up forty to forty-five thousand dollars a year it costs each taxpayer for someone that's incarcerated. And if you do the statistics on that and go back to, you know, nineteen ninety, go back to two thousand, go back to two thousand ten, and projection where two thousand twenty is between the opioid crisis and all that. We don't know the story, and I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to condemn. I don't I don't really care. It's important to respect, but I don't really care about the story. And do they have shitty lives? Yeah, most of the kids have,
0: right? Mm. Yep. Can you repeat the number of uh, um, how much per year for the incarceration? So again, I just stepped I could, away to yeah, check. No on problem. That time no. I, I
1: could be off a little bit on this. Again, mm-hmm. I don't want to be quote to exact, but the rough figures that I have found or mm-hmm. that we have found is between forty and forty-five thousand dollars per person incarcerated from maintaining from food from housing, mm-hmm. uh, or housing meaning jail, right? Yep. So you talk whether what, what grade level and all that, and that's an average blend throughout. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And if you look at it, statistics-wise, these kids in 2019, 2022, I'm telling you right now, 50% of those kids that come out that we're not training, that we're not helping, that we're not serving, that we're not giving them an opportunity. We're paying for them one way
0: or another. Yeah. To the tunes of millions. Millions. Millions.
1: Billions. Billions, if you break it down, right? and And uh, again, um, they didn't ask for it. And I'm not... I'm not one to say, oh, you poor kid and all that. I'm going to say that, but I'm going to say, make a decision. Either follow the statistic or make new statistics. Make your own statistics. And that's where I think, you know, again, I, I told everybody I'm not good at the soft skills. And that's why, I, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We're, we've we been working, and, and again, this is coming up, and I'm just going to uh, softball this, very soft, right? But mm-hmm. we, we've had um, the state of New York approach us on um, some retiree teachers that are looking to sit down with us and develop. Um, and this is Krista and, and her unbelievable talent. Uh, and, and we're, ju- we're just at the entry level of this, but mm-hmm. they want to come in and do some soft skills and, and teach um, things that I'm not good at. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that, and when I say I meaning Hollis, but you know, we have unbelievable talent. We have vol- people that are volunteer and just say, give me one child, one person that I can mentor, that I can help. Um, we have a good amount of people that want to work with um, our executive committee uh, not to overwhelm them but just say, okay, teach me how to look up statistics so I can build the story I can to build make a, the case to make the case and strong foundation and mm. that's what we want we don't want to be uh we're not again this is all nonprofit this is all for the betterment of of the greater good for for people for mm. for our generations to come right yeah. so if you
0: back up just to hammer home the statistics a little more and kind of extrapolate, extrap- can't say it today, extrapolate some numbers or the the thought process. And feel free to eat that if you want, Hollis. Ooh, thank we're, you. We're in the long haul, so go ahead and have <laughs> a snack. Um, there's the whole concept where you, often you hear the term like uh, generational poverty or whatever the yeah. right term is there, but there's also. Um, you know, it's a matter of generational trauma, right? So, yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, listen, when, 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 and forgive me, but I just want to—I think this point is important. Where you, we might talk about that dollar value for that person incarcerated, or just going, you know, on some type of assistance, even if it's not jail, but if it's, you know, whatever other funding and uh, the name other than assistance is escaping me, but that person, it's not just that number. It's they get with somebody else that might have a similar trauma and they have two kids. Right. Or you know, they have three kids. And now there's three yeah. kids that are just continue to pass. And that just spreads out. And what does that mean for our society <laughs> 50 years from now? Because when people might say it looks like things are getting worse or whatever, like look at this opioid crisis right. that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If, if the children of those people Yeah. You know, so we're multiplying there. That's just trauma and, you know, problems for us societally that are just going to keep expanding and growing and getting worse. But if you can stop that at some point, you're not just taking that one trauma or one um, problem off the table. You're taking the whole downstream effect from that problem for the next you know, hundreds of years.
1: I, one of the things, and, and I got to give credit. This is, uh, I think I know Cole Mills come up with this. And again, our group, we meet every month. We talk all the time. Uh, and and I, I've been, you know, with my new adventure, we'll talk a little bit about yeah. Angusconstruction.com coming up too. But um, th- those guys have just been unbelievably w- what's happening. But, um, you know, if I say OMG, what does that mean to you? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. One of the greatest things I thought it was, we have this thing called Ohana Mastery Group. And our vision is very simple. Any human being we help, we we, we, we try to track and we try to serve. Mm-hmm. But we have a thing called pay it forward, hashtag pay it forward. We have a thing called serve, hashtag serve, give, love, and live. When you truly understand that we're here to serve and give to others and to people, we truly understand how to love and live and not to get sappy, but that's where it needs to get back to, right? Mm-hmm. But the OMG is the most powerful thing it is because what we do is we want to help. People are donating their money. You know, I challenge the real wealthy people. Um, you know, again, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, or whatsoever, and just for the record, I'm independent. Mm-hmm. No one tells me who to vote for or what to vote for on my own person. I believe freedom of choice and choices is, is yours, right? Mm-hmm. Not to get political or whatever, but those that are giving much, much is expected, right? And that's what we're supposed to do. When is it enough? You know, money. When is it? Enough? And I'm not saying that I want to take your money. We want to do good for it. We want to do better for it. And through one Ohana, five hundred one C three, it's a write off for you if you just totally focus on money, right? So mm-hmm. I call that profit over people. You need those people from the world to go around. But going back to my whole point, the OMG Ohana Master Group, and again, I, th- I think it was No Mills that come up with this. We're gonna serve, we're gonna help, we're gonna teach you about life skills, we're gonna teach you about financial skills, we're gonna teach you about working skills, we're gonna teach you about accountable and responsibility. We call it the life wheel, right? So it's the, the balance of that, right? Um, but with that, when you're done and you finally get the Ohana Mastery Group, it's you're responsible, you're a member for life, you gotta go five, five others. And it goes to exactly what you're saying. How do we change generation? How do we take statistics from 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010 to 2020, 50 years and seeing how much more assistance is going out there. This is before all the drugs that we had in the 60s and 70s and the war and all the people coming back and Mm -hmm. challenged. The opioid opioid crisis makes that look like child's play. It's Mm -hmm. beyond. And and my daughter is is a prime example of, of that. In my own experience with my wife, my inner family is exactly that. Right. And there's other siblings that we have tried to foster and adopt through my um, th- through my daughter's adoption. You know, um, my daughter's birth mom, I can sit here and I, I said she was doing three bags of heroin when she when, you know, my daughter was born without, um, you know, no, no prenatal, uh, no, no prenatal care, no, no, you know, early intervention, no nothing for her had the baby and, and the state took her away to state to mass because she's from mass took her away because she was drug addicted. We found out the story of the birth mom that was more or less given away at a very young age by her parents.
0: It's the generate yeah, It's you. A
1: generation repeating. Mm-hmm. And the only way to change that is to build a fundamental of truth and trust. And how you do truth and trust is to invest in people. It goes back to the relationship. It's the people. It's got to be about the people. It's easy for us to sit here in this nice, comfortable uh, office, yeah. you know, doing this, but... You got to do more. We all we all can do more. We all can do more. And that's, that's where the passion comes in. And that's the whole reason why OMG, the Ohana Master Group, comes in too. We want to train. We want to develop. But don't let it end with you. Don't let it stop with you. Pay it forward, right? Be a community champion. And whether we know it or not, our neighbors are going through struggles. Our neighbors have it, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think an important piece, like you talk about trauma of kids in foster care, and that's what most people think of as trauma, right? Some physical, sexual, mental, you know, no family. D, all the above. Like like that, those are the things that people think of when they think of trauma. But a lot of times it's stuff that's not what the average person would call a trauma, but to a child it's traumatic. So when you say everybody around us is, like, yeah, to varying degrees, everybody is, you know, so... It, yes, it might seem much more acute and severe for those kids in foster, and let's address them. But you're a thousand percent right that everybody, everybody's dealing with that. So we all know it. Yeah. What can we do to try and prevent it in, in those other kids in those in that acute sense? And,
1: and Joe, you know, I I have a tendency to be very aggressive with goals and setting that, and that's why you know, like I uh, I love it's the
0: understatement of the day. But yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I love. Um, you know, one of the things I've learned is when people truly care, and if you look at just the three leaders that we talked about just in the Massachusetts group for, for the one Honor, um, they're amazing. They're amazing. You know, I, I, again, i am sure I'll get criticized for this sale behind every strong man. There's much stronger women. And I have mm-hmm. to say that cause there was more girls in my family than boys. Right. And I did get my butt kicked my whole entire life by my sisters and my father was from the old country. So you couldn't hit a girl back no matter if she was your sister or not, but, they're just they're better in in so many ways, and when I learn to keep my mouth shut, so i'll set goals and I'll get jazz and i'll set you know programs and measurements and you know key performance indicators and get all into that and all that and they're like, "Dude, time out, good morning, dude, time out how are you doing I'm great let's go no stop and that's what I love about them and and Although we do have a clear vision of one Ohana, it's one world family. It says it right here on my shirt. If you, get a, if you go to oneohanaclothing.com, it tells us the why it links you to our you know Nicole and, and the whole team, that's, that's not my talent. That's their talent. They're amazing. amazing. Mm-hmm. But they make it about people. They make it personally. And what I learned from then is, and I think Nicole come up with this one too. She's, she's awesome between her, Chris and Tony. So, so
0: what are you here for? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it,
1: it, I'll tell you one of the, one of the greatest things I was told I was here for. And I'll tell you that right after this, but, and that's where we did hashtag community champion. You just said it. We don't need to leave the street. We don't need to leave our neighborhood. Let's build the Ohana master group. Let's build a foundation right here. Then, um, You might know this, I don't know if you know, but growing up here, we used to have uh, you know, Vito Sasson and they told two people and so on and so on. It was Alvito VO5, I think it was. It was a great commercial. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing as compound interest. This only happens if you invest. You're going to invest into yourself and then everything that you have, you give away, right? I know it sounds crazy, but it works. It absolutely works. Mm -hmm. And when people come in and start giving their opinion and start doing this, thank you very Mm -hmm. much. What are you doing? It goes back to if you bitch to bitch then you're a bitch but if you bitch the bitch and you're truly going to do something about it then you're a servant leader and you want to be more for the society more for your community more for the people and you are a truly community champion
0: okay so now let me just recap because we said a lot there.
1: Well, I want to tell you what I was told I was good for for 100. <laughs> sure, go for it. This is the best pot. So I was telling you, we're working with the
0: state. You're dumb the... enough to think that you could pull this off? Yeah, that's exactly. A, a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh,
1: the state, the state. Uh, actually, I was much smarter than that. That's why I, <laughs> That's why when I went out and said, hey, I was thinking about doing this, all the, the, the leaders that we have, you know what I mean? Like, I tell everybody, I have no problem cleaning up a mess. I'm really good at it because I usually cause them, right? So, but um, one of the things I was told I was good at, and, and this really kind of helped me stay focused on where I help the team, the best of the team members, right? Is when we were meeting with the state of New York, um, you know, and again, some of these are retirement teachers, a union and a group of them. They're like, you know, and, and I love directness. I, I you know, uh, mm-hmm. they said, you know, Holly, no disrespect, but you suck at soft skills. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I appreciated the candid, the, the directness. She goes, but, but what we've never had is people from the construction side that can go out, go talk to someone and say, okay, I'm backing this individual. You have my word on him and my word is so strong, right? All you have is your name and your word in the industry that I'm going to these corporate sponsors and these companies that are looking to bring apprentices in mm-hmm. and saying, I'm responsible for them, right? I'm, I'm helping them. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to teach them life skills beyond what that is. That's huge. That's huge. The other thing I say, and, and I believe it, so they're excited. They're like, listen, we never had a partner or someone that was truly dedicated on that side. So I made myself feel good. That's mm. where I was going with that. But the, the other side of that is, is that by, it goes back to what we say, You need both sides of the table. You just can't have it one side. You have to have, I, I call it the delta force. I really do. I, I call it the OMG, Ohana Mastery Group. That's why I love the, the, the three, the triad, right? Mm. So you have the, the yin and the yang and the yuck. The yuck is the person. Right. That's 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 all part of it. So I apologize. Go ahead and recap now. Yeah. (laughs) So we still got to get reason why, you know, I never really left construction over the years, but I promised the team members and everything that I would focus um, building, supporting and really getting one Ohana charities and one Ohana clothing up to the point where um, we have a solid foundation. Now we can start moving forward. And based on what. The feedback I got, not just from 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 the New York, the state of New York feedback that I was getting from from those leaders and people that are interested in joining the, the One Ohana movement, the One Ohana charities. Um, it was a few other people that, that said, you know, your talent is wasted by not getting back into, and we'll talk about that with yeah, construction we're definitely
0: going to get there. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. One Ohana clothing is a B Corp. The intent is for that to be profitable, those profits fund One Ohana charities. Adi- Sorry. <clears throat> Additionally, corporate sponsorships or individual donors could, could provide into you know the funds. That's correct. One oh ohana charities. And then yeah. one oh ohana charities primary focus is primary focus is dealing with Or um, helping children aging out of the foster system. And Parallel is doing a monthly charity, another charity out there, whether it's veterans or whatever the other... um,
1: like May, right? So next month, yeah, you're, you're spot on. So One Ohana Clothing, like you know, we may do an exclusive um, T-shirt for that month, or what uh, you know. Again, Nicole and and those guys are great. You know, I, I'm here to really brag about them because I'm not that talented,
0: right? Yep. So because I did see like there was a veterans design. On yeah, veterans we did month, a veterans design.
1: Do... Uh, we've done a few. You know, like next month in May, is, you know, we we talked about doing a community champion, right? So, mm-hmm. it's 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 adoption month, right? And you get foster care and and all that. So, um. Uh, let me let me you, you're on the right path um so yeah please one, clarify yeah one O'Hana clothing um is it's it's a company that um we're trying to offset some of the costs because to have a true successful and, and we want to be successful in one ohana charities um you need to be 90 to 85 percent of the funds and the value add need to be going back right so mm-hmm. that's a statistic and again we need to respect that and understand that but there, there is a There's huge costs, you know, starting up. Everything to date, you know, again, a lot of people have volunteered their time, and everybody, no one's getting paid. Everybody's volunteering. But, you know, there is a substantial amount of money that um, we've all invested out of pocket to to this date because we believe in the the mission and the goal. Um, It's non-sustainable to to continue doing that and working full-time and doing all that. So, again, we're not crying poor mouth. We're going to continue moving forward, so that's where the One Ohana clothing idea come out of, right? So um, if you study a lot of clothing companies, they started and where they got to. Um, and, and we want custom shirts, custom design, and we're just beginning um, f- for that. So that's why the OneOhanaClothing.com is really our front runner to establish and build some funds to offset some of those costs. But it's very important for us. This is just not the celebration of One Ohana charities. It's a celebration of all all 501 C threes. And again, we can't be all things, to all people. So that's why we, we have selected, um, you know, the people that have reached out to us and that's where Nicole's come up with that hashtag community champion, right? So it's our community, right? You may have, you know, a 501 C three for this, for this office. or the street or wherever we're on and maybe they just need a little extra help. Right. So, uh, boys and girls club, you know, they get a lot, but there's so many things that are out there. We did the, um, you know, the, the luggage, um, you know, uh, we did um it in December, um, for Christmas instead of toy tots and all that. Mm-hmm. Don't spend money for things that are important, they're good for kids, but how about simplicity things like food? Mm-hmm. How about simplicity things like clothes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um we we um Again, we, we've supported a thing called uh, Loads of Love, right? So down in uh, Florida, not just to take away from Massachusetts, but in Florida, um, we got together with a, a guy that runs a local uh, business and we bought a trailer and then we ended up putting a, a, a propane furnace on it and we ended up um, putting uh, washer and dryers in there on a trailer and we go into ten cities and we go into these areas for homeless people mm-hmm. and we say, listen, just wash your clothes. It's, everything's free you know, and we structured and, um, we, we, uh, we have another thing called dare to care, right? So, uh, another trailer that is down down in Florida in the West Palm area. Um, uh, 70, the guy owns 77 garage door. Uh, again, a human being grew up in the neighborhood, grew up in the area and just saw it going bad and said, you know, it starts with me. What can I do to do something? And he reached out to some of us and we do, um, showers, you know, and here's the beauty. This is the best. This is a beautiful story. Um, and again, it's just not all about one charities. Our mission is, is about a certain area that we can serve or we believe that we can bring better. But now the data care, which is the showers and they're doing, they're doing it every other, every other day or every three days. Mm-hmm. Some of the homeless people that we've helped, we've empowered them. They run the program now. That's awesome. That's beyond awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not about serving everybody. If we do one, that person's going to tell somebody, and we try to do. So we call it the one for five factor. So for every one action, there's five reactions. If you manage, develop, and support those five reactions, that five turns into 25. It's the yep. compound interest, right? Yep. People understand the law of 72, right? Mm-hmm. Break that down. So back to 100 charities. So our primary focus, what we do, we can't we can't be all things to all people, and this is where the team has told me to take a value, and I love them for it, right? So our focus right now is to help kids coming out of the foster care, aging out. Our second is to try to get the kids before they age out of the foster care system. We're going to try to get them into VOTEX schools. We're going to try to get them into, um, I don't know if you remember in the Boston public schools when I was here, we used to do home economics, right? Simple stuff, right? Uh, As crazy as it is, we're going to start teaching them, but we want to make them part of our community. And then what we want to do is try to coach them and teach them so the sweet nothing promises of the hope and faith that so they learn to trust and to have truth before, right? Um, I'm a little harsh this way. You know, once uh, an individual turns 13, guy or girl, and you're able to have a period or you're able to produce sperm, and I know that's probably uncomfortable to a lot of people here, but if you can have a child, you know right from wrong, right? So that's the beginning of young adulthood, okay? Well, from 13 or 14 to 18 years old, those are influential years. So that's why we want to try to help that, right? Um, then, yeah. So, yeah. We want to support single parenting. No job, the toughest job in the world is being a parent. I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's the toughest job in the world. And you beat the living crap out of yourself because mm-hmm. you want nothing but the best. But you also fight the internal struggle of making sure the individual that you're, the little human being that you're bringing up, is a value add and can be the very best of what they can be, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so, th- those are the three. And the fourth is just our overall understanding of um, adoption, right? H- how do we support that? So, those are the four major areas that, that we do. But again, our primary right now today and really develop and build
0: kids aging out. Kids aging out, yeah. right? And then you, you haven't talked that much, but there's a little bit that you're trying to work with developers to yeah. T- provide Yeah, so that's beautiful.
1: So, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So the last year I've been reaching out to a lot of people and telling them what I'm doing. Cause everybody's comment. What do you mean you're out of construction? What? I'm not mm-hmm. on construction. I'm selected. I'm doing certain things for developers. Um, again, going back to understand a pro forma, uh, helping general contractors close out the jobs and really developing a life safety final inspection form. So they can get a TCO, right? With that, I've been, um, suggesting to those guys, you know, part of my, um, part of opportunities that they have instead of paying me directly, they could pay one charities or 501 C three. Um, if you want to be a corporate sponsor, you can do that. A bunch of developers has come to me and say, Holly, do you understand that what you're doing is you're providing, you're trying to provide housing for kids. That's one of the solutions you're doing. Yeah. He goes, you know that there's grants out there, they can't find people to build. And if you get back into construction where you serve, you can end up building these facilities and either giving them back to the local municipality, country, or, or, or town to manage, or you could actually, with me, we'll buy the property, we'll hold it, we'll build it, but we can give it to these kids. And what better way if these kids are in some type of a mentorship program in the construction? It's it's a trifecta. Mm-hmm. So the developers and approach it, and I I had no idea that that was out there, and it's, you know, it's no different than um, subsidized housing or, or doing that. And a lot of these developers love the idea of... Um, tracking, and again, it's, I, I don't want to be big brother. I don't want to put a, you know, I'm not looking to put a chip in these people and, mm-hmm. and track where they're going, but helping them. But more importantly, have them give back to the community that they're in. That's how we make the change. So that's, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, not to jump, but that's where um, my, my brother Angus, uh, again, uh, Amazing human being, and and we have a I call him my cousin. You know, he's a family member, pretty much. Is Steve Collie? You know, he's been with us too, and that's developed. Of you know, um and we decided to use the word Angus because, um you know, and, and Angus has a good mentor. Mentor of me and someone I've watched, and you know, blue collar went through the construction uh, industry local here in, in the city, but a national based firm as well. Um, uh, again, made it on his own. Worked for a large um, Fortune 500 general contractor. Went on his own because a couple of clients asked him for help. Um, it, great mentor, and that's why we use the word um, Angus. Right? Angus is a, a well-known name, and and again, humbly, not not proudly. But if you know, if you called us, you know, um,
0: well, you sped through that. But that mentor um, encouraged you guys to use the name Angus because it was a unique name. Yeah, they and this were was joking. A person that was a successful business person here locally. They used his uh, first name. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that that advice is what led to naming it after Angus as a first name, which might seem very um, egotistical. That wasn't the genesis of it. It was the, hey, you've got a uniqueness here. Yeah, uh, And the advice was to capitalize Well, on the big joke
1: uniqueness. was is, you know, we flipped the quarter between Hollis and Angus, and I said, take the double-headed quarter and pick heads because I didn't want Hollis, right? Yeah. So, But... I, I give Angus credit. He had a hard time with it, right? Just any human being, I feel any human mm-hmm. being would, but I think it was important. And when we when we sat down with, with, with our elders and mentors and, and really guiding us, it made a lot of sense. So um it's all lowercase. The A is not capitalized, so the whole entire name is lowercase. So yeah. <laughs> that made uh, that made Angus feel good. Oh, but a you know yet. Yeah, it does. You know, and, and again it's not it's 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 a it's it's a team, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just not one person, and there's and I don't care what anybody says. There's never one person. Mm. If people are that egotistic, you know, and ego for me stands for edging God out, right? You think you're your own God, you, you you miss the point, right? When is it enough,
0: you know? Before we move on to Angus, I I was making a mental note, and then obviously I get sidetracked as we're we're talking here, but I didn't want to leave Carl Nelson off. So Carl, Nate, and Chris, yeah, all started Code Red. Consulting, outstanding uh, company. Pete's with them, and that's why. Yeah, I have a ton of respect for those guys, yep. and I didn't want to blow past. You know, Carl one because that was a I, I, and, and I apologize for not it, mention. We, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we were just talking so quick. We yeah. started by this, and the mic was there, and we, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. it was going, and I just made a mental well, note. It, it's, but yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I appreciate you going back there. You know, I love watching like. Two different companies, two different, you know, Mike and and how SLS is ran, how Code Red ran is is night and day difference. I think, you know, and again, not to get into Samantha, it's all choices, you know, they do it. But the thing I absolutely adore and love about Code Red is that it's people over profit for them. Always, always seen it. Uh, They recognize um, uh, the balance of people. They recognize the importance of people. Um, You know, they've brought... Um, and, you know, I apologize if I offend anybody at Code Red, guys, but they've brought outside consultants in to make sure that they're serving the people right. They brought outside mentorships in to make sure they're being the very best of what they say they're going to be. To me, people over profit. Where other firms out there just don't really care. Mm. Let people come and go. Dime a dozen. Their word means nothing to them. And that's uh that's sad. Right, mm. money always comes. Money comes and money goes. Relationships, reputation, and people are the most important things you can have. You know, yeah. so, All right. is that so better? The, did I did I make yeah, up for uh, yeah. forgetting some of the names? <laughs> yeah. Love you guys, no matter what.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, so the latest chapter, Angus Construction. Yep. Um, two brothers that were, um, uh, for lack of a better word, very high up within the if not the largest one of the top two construction companies in Massachusetts at you know very high level of operations and involvement and now out on their own. You've brought Steve Carley, who was most recently at Callahan but was Suffolk before and you guys are, are striking out on your own. We
1: are. Joe, I got to tell you, um, it's always been kind of, you know, Angus and I since day I mean, one, right? And,
0: and let, me, let me say, that's going to get probably a lot of people's attention. It should, right? And mm. not, not our value is at another
1: level. Not because it's me, not because it's Angus, not because it's Steve. It's because we have over 100 years of combined experience and Although I joke and say my brother's IQ and Steve, we call him the head. His head's like double the size of me and Angus's. He is the brain, right? Too as well. Um, but we're all hard work and we're all blue collar and we've all baptism by fire. But we don't like to get burnt more than twice. And we take it as a accountable and responsibility ourselves to serve um, people, right? To serve to pay it forward, right? Mm-hmm. Servant leadership as I call it. Um, and and we're excited. And and how how it really came about was we had multiple clients right so uh, steve's fortunate he's he's you know built uh, throughout the country as well angus is managed you know uh, not just boston but you know he was the chief operating officer of the number as far as i'm concerned you know and, and again not not having the org chart in front of me but he was number one in the company besides the owner and number two in the company with the owner right mm-hmm. so um at, at suffolk and you know y- you learn a lot when you get just not one or two jobs coming out, but when you have 65 or 70 jobs coming at you at one time, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it happens. Um, same thing with me. You know, I've been very lucky, very fortunate. Um, and we're taking all that knowledge um, based on the relationships that we have. We're not talking about the construction side yet, but that knowledge of the relationship first. It's crazy right now. People are approaching us, asking us, you know, we we want we, we, we have people, hey, we want to invest Right, we want to be part of this. We know what's going to happen here. Uh, We have people saying we need you guys, we need help. Um, You know, some of the things that I was doing prior to coming to Angus over the last year to help support and get One Ohana charities off the ground is that I was doing a lot of um, consulting on my own for for clients that I knew throughout the country. And you know, some of the money that they were um, paying, and I'm like, guys, I feel wrong for this. And they're like, Holly, you got to understand you know, we're talking, you know, thousands to, to tens, a hundred thousand dollars a day in fines and, and not turning over buildings or, uh, our performers or bank loans. And, you know, and I, and I understood it. I don't think I respected it. Right. Or really, I got it, you know, mm-hmm. and again, this is where I'll do sit back and look at their mindset is, is profit, right. Over mm-hmm. people and, what they're saying is is you know it's business to me. It's all always been business, and it, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work for you, leave, right? And again, not right, not wrong. It's just a choice. Um, so that's that's where we're at, and mm-hmm.
0: we um, and you guys will be traditional CM,
1: yeah. So we're seeing, We're, we're doing we're doing a lot. We we have a lot of uniqueness going on. Um, you know, obviously, there's developers that are looking um, for us. We're not married to um, any one person we're not and we -hmm. we won't be because we feel that we'd be limiting um the value that we bring and and not saying that you know there's not other companies there's plenty of other companies out there that bring a value but we just feel ours is unique and different and there's people that want that unique and difference that align up with us that work it's it's a marriage right it works Mm -hmm. out perfect um we're very client Savvy and focused, we understand the needs, and that's the first thing we try to do is understand the needs of our client. We want to know uh, the pro forma, we want to understand what they're about, where they're at. Um, and then when we tell them the story, you know, about one ohana and what we're trying to do as well, um, it, it makes it a win win win, right? So it goes back to that triad or that trifecta, as I call it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're excited, we're excited. You know, when we first started, we said that we wanted to be limited and just stay within the Massachusetts, New England area. And um, it's it's already expanding based on relationships, right? We're already expanding based on uh, growth. You know, we're based out of Dover Mass right now. And, you know, it's it looking like we're going to have to expand out of that fairly soon as well, you know? A good so it is. It really, really is.
0: What do you think about when do you take the, the leap where you bring it on a project and you start backfilling with the work abuse, for lack of yeah. a better You know,
1: Joe, it's kind of funny. Um, this is where all my belief systems and my strength of being pigheaded and stubborn is going to come back. I've been back in the region, in the area, you know, I've been off and on, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a good Irish Catholic guilt boy when it comes to my mom. So I still come up and see my mom. She's still alive, living in uh, Plymouth with my sister. We did a nice addition. So I still come up and see her, you know, minimum every eight weeks. So I'm always up here. But when the news strong over the last month has gone out, you know, it's been a while since Angus construction has been being developed. You know, we've been talking about it, but it kind of went public, you know, um, and get the website up, eggsconstruction.com. It's a decent website. It means it. It talks about what our beliefs are and what we're trying to do. The calls I've gotten from estimators, project managers, and superintendent is overwhelming. Companies that I thought that these people wouldn't leave for years Mm -hmm. and they're just coming to me and we're going to end up doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, The thing I love right now is that I am trying to set up all the jobs again. Not one of us is better than all of us, but you know, we got a couple of decent sized jobs already in the uh, already in the hopper, and that we're going through. And you know, I'm I'm OCD, right? I'm very uh, I, I'm dyslexic OCD, which is even better, right? Mm-hmm. So I build the building backwards. So I see that you know, see it as one, see it as done. So I start with the punch list. I start with the Um, TCO process and and work backwards and then I start getting into procurement of product and understand what's going on Mm -hmm. today so Steve and Angus are just laughing at me because you know they're coming in they see my I'm the old school right I whiteboard I got highlighters out I got drawings out I got backwards math going in you know engineer by hot you know what I mean making going forward sideways upside down
0: so you guys are showing up to the office on a regular basis and like okay absolutely yeah
1: I'm uh you know those guys are like, listen, I, I just, I, am a morning person. As I said, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been doing it forever. I'm there first thing in the office. Uh, I'm, I'm going and growing. You know, they come mm-hmm. in. I'm like, you know, typical. Hey, thanks for coming in this afternoon. These guys are coming in at six o'clock, seven o'clock, and I'm like, half the day's over. Let's go, guys. You know, and uh, they're like, man, I can't wait to get you out in the field. You're a pain in the butt. You know, yeah. and that's the fun. That's the love, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do. We want to be a different kind of company, right? We don't want to be all things to all people. We don't want to be the biggest. We don't want them. We, we want to be true. We want to be honest. We want to be fair. You know, we, and we want to build, we want to build in our community. We want to be a value add, you know, mm. and we are what we're going to be.
0: When do you think you'll break ground on something? So we
1: got a few, um, we have a few projects already going on.
0: And I don't mean like a hard deadline, but like, yeah, yeah. Roughly. So
1: we are, are probably like the big Wahoo project. Um, it'll be Q2, Q3. Where We're in now. Okay so we're going we, we already have we're already doing work right now, but okay. those are you know different styles. So technically, if you want to say we break ground, we already have, have. okay we, we've done we, we've got some work going now, so
0: that's exciting. It yeah. is
1: it's very exciting. And the thing I love about this, um, going back to really going full circle, I can't leave the industry. I love it, right I love building people and I love building relationships. Um, the value of that is we get to build buildings at the same time, right So yeah. generation A. You know, we did this, we did that
0: together, so. That's awesome. And how does it feel to be working with your brother again? I love
1: it. I love it. You know, it's funny. Um, it's been a while since we've been in the same office, same, right next mm-hmm. to the, And even Steve, same thing, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like we're already finishing each other's sentences. We're busting each other's chops about things that we busted each other's, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, you know. Um, there's certain things that my, you know, my brother's mature and older now, you know, and he always was, but I just... Yeah. I've always seen him as my little brother. You know, he's bigger than me, right? So it's my little big brother, right? So um, I have more hair. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's funny. There's certain things that he does that I can see my father now, my dad. You know, and I just kind of chuckle and certain, you know, body language and body movements that I see all the time. And I'm very fortunate. My, you know, I always say no one loves you more, treats you worse than family, and I have an amazing. Brothers and sisters, you know, we got, you know, 10 siblings are still alive. You know, we had one, you know, we've had drugs and alcohol and addiction in our family. And, you know, um, I'm open about it because I feel all I try. And some of our family members get embarrassed by it, but trials and tribulations happen. You know what I mean? He decided to uh, take his life. You know, he hung himself, you know, and and it happens, right? So, um, not to diminish it, not to do anything, but it's a sickness. And, you know, that's all the more reason why, you know, that trauma we talked about is so important to, to try to understand it. And, you know, trauma. Management or trauma helping—it's not one size fits all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So my my daughter is an absolutely beautiful soul. um My wife Mo is probably the most intense moms I've ever seen. Not because she's my wife. You know, mm-hmm. we're fortunate—we get fourteen godchildren, and we've we've taken care of, you know, uh, twins. My, my uh, our godchildren that were six days old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean at our house. So my wife's an amazing. You know, she's a natural mom. She's mm-hmm. she's incredible. And here we get you know we get challenged by our, our own child that is over the top, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And our job is to, to give her every opportunity possible and that's what we're doing, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: Now, uh, and not to follow that up with such a uh, basic construction question, oh, yeah. and it's not construction, but um, going back to the construction, Yeah. do you feel rejuvenated in some sense?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, leaving Suffolk was difficult. That was the decision I made and some of that was, um, I was done. Yeah. I was done, right? Not not so much burnt out because I love the industry and it's not like I left the industry. I didn't. I, I just took a different pace. But majority of that was not believing in what the company said they were going to do and what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. But the other thing was the man in the mirror. And at the end of the day, it's up to me. It's mm-hmm. my responsibility. So there was maturity and rejuvenating on that end, right? Mm-hmm. And then... When I sat back with that, um, as we talked, I am goal oriented, right? But mm-hmm. it's not so much the goals as asking empowering questions to myself. You know, um, when I brush my teeth every night, I know it's kind of silly, right? But I ask myself three questions. What did I learn today? How can that serve me and make me better? But the most important, how can I serve, take that and give it away, pay it forward? If I don't answer those three, your middle finger's up. Do you ever try to give yourself the middle finger in the mirror it's hard (laughs) to do so it makes you find the answers it makes you be truthful to yourself and those are the empowering questions that i ask you know why is one ohana so important to me one ohana means family right and if you look up the definition that's hawaiian but you look up the definition and lilo and stitch did a great job with it too um i don't know if you know lilo and stitch and her story her parents passed you know what i mean she was adopted and you know stitch was supposed to be a uh, a, a dog, you know, a rescued mm-hmm. dog, adopted dog, which is beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. ended up being an out of space creature, but that's a whole different story. But the beauty of that is, is when you look up at the definition, it means no one gets left behind your family, in your community, or in the world. And mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to do, right? And my child is my child, just because it's not my direct DNA, but she is my DNA from love. She is my DNA from my actions and what I do day in and day out and what I teach her and give her, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, she has to accept it. She has to grow from it. She has to be her own woman, her own person. And that's all I want for her, nothing but the very best. But it's my responsibility to give her the fundamentals. Right? Mm. That's it.
0: Love it. So what are the, what's the goals? <laughs> what's what's, <laughs> the, your, the what's goals? your latest yeah, goals? Yeah, so get,
1: You know, um, going through the maturity process of, of leaving Suffolk and then making the decision to, you know, kind of, sit down with Mike and say, you know, you need to move on because I I moved on. My number one thing every day is family. For me, it's hands down family. And family to me is immediate, siblings, right, Mm -hmm. blood. Immediate is my community. Immediate is you, right? It's to serve and give, and that's where that is. So it comes back to my fundamentals. Every day I need to make sure I'm challenging myself out of my comfort zone Every day I need to make sure that I'm serving and giving. And that also means me too, Joe, right? Serving and giving. So you can't continue serving, give outside yourself. Your you tank will go empty. Enough. And yeah. I and beyond blessed. I've learned that. I've learned that, you know, and so that's my primary goal right there. That's it, right? Be grateful and thankful every day. And I am right. Um, you know, I, I, I may cross the line here personally, but you know we have a child that's in a specialty program right now that's three thousand miles away from us uh, in Idaho mm-hmm. um, because of her autism and learning. Right? Um, she's very open and honest. She doesn't like people. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, kids get to start picking on her. She's been called stupid. She died. The, the child is beyond intelligent. She's taken tests, and they're like she borderline. She is genius, but mm-hmm. some of her. Um, neurological connections are not there she'll take that same test the next day and get a zero so there's there's things we're working on mm-hmm. but what's amazing is is that there's certain programs in the world out there that will study a child and see how they learn everybody learns every child learns mm-hmm. and this happens and I want to make sure we're clear on this too and I, can, I think this is important it's easy for me as an adoptive parent and adoptive mom or dad to say oh I adopt my child it's not mine I have a sibling that has a son that's absolutely perfect, straight-A student, and I have a sibling, same sibling, that has a daughter, right, mm-hmm. that has a, a daughter that's perfect. She has a middle child that's severely handicapped.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lucky for me, he's my god, one of my god kids too, right? Mm-hmm. But that's DNA. That's 100%. So they couldn't pick that. They didn't know that. They didn't know what was going on. So I want to make sure I'm not boxing this or limiting this because Gracie's Everybody has challenges. Everybody has different things happen. But it's up to us as parents to find the right services, the right tools to develop and and sometimes develop in ourselves, but also develop into that child Mm. to teach them. Gracie, my daughter, learns she loves animals, right? You can bring any horse in here. She'll tell you what type of horse, where it's originated from, the bone structure, the blood structure, how it reproduces, like crazy, crazy (laughs) I'm over there Googling. I'm like, I do feel stupid. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. trying to Google it. I'm like, how does she know this? She'll take a book and sit down and read and she has the ability to stay up for 72 hours at a time or just not go to mm-hmm. bed and just totally focus in on something. That's a gift, right? Mm-hmm. But it can also be, that's that's an addiction style too. That could be all the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So this school that she's in teaches her how to uh, mature. They have a lot of retired racehorses where she's at. Um, they um, take care of dogs and puppies um, and they, train them and teach them and teach them about adoption and and loving on them but giving Mm -hmm. them away Mm -hmm. and it's a different um psychology of understanding the pains and hurts and trials and tribulations and and the trauma that she has that this is part of life and these are the things that are are out there they watch study and they take this and then they cross-reference that back to education back to math back to english and all that so um that's a huge investment for us Mm -hmm. but It's our responsibility as parents, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. And,
1: you know, it's crazy statistics. You know, again, I'm a big measurement guy to understand that. Um, Those parents throughout the world, you know, there's only 1% will do what we're doing because the pain is so much, Joe. It really is. Um, My wife, again, um, not that we're complaining, not that we haven't. We're very fortunate that we have the means to do it because it's not cheap. Um, but we also feel much of that is given, much is expected, right? So mm-hmm. maybe this was all bigger, a bigger plan that we're supposed to do. Do what we're doing, you know, and that's that's what we're doing, right? Okay. I opened up and say that is is that everybody learns, everybody deserves a shot, everybody can grow, and that's what we're supposed to do. And we all, every human being. Brings value. I don't care what people say about you. Mm-hmm. Don't let people diminish you, demoralize you. You are the best investment, and you are the most important person.
0: Yep. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, and I try a little bit to help everybody, even just that's continue what continue to, to do, continue to be better. You right? know,
1: there's so many, um, you know, uh, religions saying, you know, and I don't care if you believe in God, you believe in, you know, the green grass or, or the tree or whatever. Those are your beliefs. That's up to you, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, I I love my belief system. I love it, right? But the thing I love about it, if you just took what you just said, that you just try to help a little bit, that means all those people are out there trying to help someone else. But there's also someone out there trying to help you, Joe, right? And that's what the community is about. It is. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. And that's what I love about 101. We're one world family. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us cut us. We bleed red.
0: Yeah, it (laughs) seems like so. A lot of times I'll talk about whether it's food or Plastics and all that kind of stuff. And like, what the hell does that have to do with construction? Yeah, well, it has. to At the end, it all is about yourself. We're talking about construction yeah. and being better at you know what we do, or how to start a business, or whatever whatever the topic is. Whether we're talking about scheduling yeah. or project management or risk mitigation or what have you, That's it's, it. it's all being better in yeah. relationships little, and uh, people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, ident- identifying trauma the yeah. effect that has on you physically yeah. the food you eat like the, all, all these things It's so the whole package yeah and you, you, you're right when you say you have to take care of the man in the mirror yeah and you have to take care of well, all the, the person people. let's be fair yes. right so i learned yep. that too yeah i always
1: get corrected now i'm like what what did i say wrong yeah
0: well it's <laughs> i it's, tried it's, a, to it's an old michael jackson song right for, right for us that has been around right. in a while <laughs> there you go that's right? it um, i actually know that one yes <laughs> so uh, I we haven't got to it but we're at I think north of two hours now so we uh I'm glad we have a mega episode because it's funny I have folks that will reach out and be like oh yeah I have to drive to Maine once a week and the podcast is great because I have something to listen to for an hour so (laughs) those folks are gonna you're welcome there's another guy out in Minnesota that does a bunch of traveling
1: should we tell everybody we haven't even put our batteries in yet yeah yeah
0: (laughs) So um I definitely want to do more because we didn't touch on um the turnover services. Sure. Which absolutely. I am really excited about. And then there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Um oh I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about the marketing side of things. Cause sure, absolutely um I definitely think you guys um uh, every everybody has their yeah. their strong suits. Right. Yeah. And I it's funny I look at you, Steve and Agnes's profile before yeah. this. Yeah. And from a social media standpoint, like the the network and number of people you know is not representative of what's on yeah. social media. Yeah, and I think about it, I'm like, wow. Like I know you're going to have no problem getting work, right? But if the three of you leverage social media, yeah, f- to bring in APMs and admins and everybody that are, are, are out there, like. It, it would be powerful and it would it help will. on Ohana. It will. And so I, I think you guys definitely have to take a look at the, um, yeah, you, the I social media that. footprint. And, yeah. And
1: you're definitely right. You know, it's funny. Uh, we have been talking about that, but you know, we, uh, you're right. We, 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 we definitely, we w the 2.0. We, yeah, we get more yeah, coming yeah. So, and, and we have some structure already there. Yep. Um, our biggest thing is, is, you know, um, Walking our walk. In other words, we have a lot of clients that are looking for help now mm-hmm. um, that without social media just calling up and say, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm doing this. What do you mean you guys doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we decided, Well, w- when can we meet? So, what do you mean? Well, I, I get. Three projects that I needed. This is Lily. I yeah. the first conversation <laughs> yeah. with. I get three. You guys are really doing this on your own? Yeah, <laughs> uh, done. I, I'll pull it from the. we oh, slow down. If you already, you know, if you're already married to another company, it's, it's my business. It's my company. You know, not even slow down. Slow down. You know. Mm-hmm. But that's what's happening. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, and that to me is the best social media. That's a man's word. You know, you get your name, and your word. Right. Well, that's bad. If you multiply that and use the platform and the tools and the toolbox, as we say, yep. and go that way. It's, it's going to be endless, Joe. Yeah, it, it really, really is. Yeah. It's the opportunities are, respectfully, the opportunities are uh, overwhelmingly blessed, right? And mm-hmm. that's what we want to do. We want to give it away, yeah. right? We want people to have fun. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, we we have a thing, you know, do we have fun today? Right? We yeah. say that to each other. Like, Who does that?
0: Right? Yeah, I think that's a great Who thing to do. Who does that? Do we have fun today? You know? Yeah, why well, do it if it's We used idea, to have this right? thing,
1: and we can talk more about the, the psychology of people, right? But, Um, I'm a huge component of F-Up Fridays, right? F-Up means F-U-C-K, F-Up Fridays, right? Mm -hmm. And I literally would buy lunch and or give a Home Depot or Lowe's or or, um, a gift certificate or something away. Whoever had the best Mm F-Up during the week, what they did wrong, why they believe they did wrong. And it could be them or a team member or a trade partner or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, even personal, too. We've had personal conversations, which I think are great. Yeah, that's funny. How did you manage it? How did you correct it? And then number one thing goes back to those three questions, right? What did I learn today? Yeah, how can I improve learn. myself? And how can I pay it forward? And we would vote on it. It just wouldn't be me voting. It would, we would vote on it. It would be 10, 20, 15 people. And we would vote on it. stand in ovation. You're the best. F up. You know, yeah. Come on. And what that does, that builds the truth. That builds the trust. And more importantly, it doesn't build fear. Right? Fear is a false emotion appearing real, right? Mm-hmm. Or face everything and run. Our philosophy on fear is face everything and rise. Right? Because mm-hmm. when we rise, we rise together. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Once you break that and have that, it's endless. You and that's what we do. That's what one that's what, you know, is about. It's what Eng's construction is, mm-hmm. you know. A right. couple of plugs. AngusConstruction.com? Well, gonna, I'll do that for you. All right, buddy.
0: Right? So, yeah, I well, want people to go check out OneOhanaClothing.com. Yep. Yep, .com. The, I, I think, see, this this shows your inability. If they Google OneOhana, yeah, th- yeah, they'll yeah, be okay without <laughs> putting .com. Trust me. I'm just so and, old. <laughs> there you go. Uh, www. Yeah, right. com. <laughs> yeah. right. And Angus Construction. Go check out both of those things. Uh Buy a sweatshirt, yep. buy, uh, I saw Any some cool clothing. joggers on there Absolutely. too. Yeah. Um, if you heard today and you like the cause, uh, go ahead and support it. And I'm excited to see what happens with all this stuff. And, and you're a thousand percent right. The three, you don't ever need to turn on a computer to be successful. But I think um, why will. not Why not leverage it, right? Yeah, why not 100%. leverage it? And it's a tool. It, if that helps you help five more kids over the next 10 years.
1: I'll turn it on now. Got it. Awesome.
0: Hollis, thank you. Joe, absolutely outstanding. Thank you again. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, folks. What did you think? Quite a story. Please like, share this podcast any way you see fit. I am at 93 likes or whatever the heck it is on, or ratings, ratings on iTunes. I'm begging you, can I please get to 100? I would appreciate nothing more if you could hop on iTunes, scroll down the bottom and hit I don't care if it's one star, five stars, whatever you'll give. I just want to get to hundred. Anything else out there that I'm missing? I don't know, but appreciate you listening as always. Take care.